to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where each week we take a film out of the book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die. Discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. My name is Britt Reinhold Hobson. And I am Joey Rogate. And we are continuing our conversation post the host, and we are doing our second and final uh, definitive director ranking of the season. And we will be talking about the one, the only, Bong Joon-ho. We will be talking about his seven solo directored directored directed <laughs> films. I'm getting all, I'm getting all fancy directored films. Um, and we'll get to those in a second. I wanted to start by asking both of you and uh, Joey, I'll start with you. When did when did Bong Joon-ho come into your life? What was the film that what was your first Bong film? Parasite. And then I went into others. Um yeah, I saw Parasite. You know, we just did a VPC episode on Parasite a couple weeks ago, so you can listen. But I saw it. Um, I was supposed to see it the end of January that year, but my son was born the day before. Well, my wife was induced the day before I had tickets for it, and I ended up seeing it the next week when he was in the NICU. And um, yeah, after that, that's when I started watching them, and that's when I got in. You know, really, really, really started getting into Bong and very happy that now I've seen everything because there's you no, know, I've been wanting to. So this was perfect but yeah i started parasite a little late a little late but hey better late than never right exactly Absolutely. uh brit i have a feeling i know what yours is but why don't you why don't you confirm my suspicions um so my first movie is what well, i'm gonna start that again because i just can't speak today <laughs> i had so many things going through my uh, head and uh, i couldn't you're say talking it. to mr director here so yeah i doors <laughs> I do think that this just shows how this episode's going to go. <laughs> Buckle up, people. <laughs> but um, so I really enjoy police procedurals. And so Memories of Murder was actually my first uh, Bong Joon-ho movie. And from that, I watched The Host and Mother. And, um, and then Snowpiercer. And then Parasite. So I came into this um, and I hadn't seen Barking Dogs Never Bite or Oakjaw. Oh, and that, well, that's great because that'll come in. That'll be the next question I, I get to. But perfect. Oh. No, that was great. That was awesome. Um, and it's great that we all have different things that got us into it because I think because I know for me it was Snowpiercer. Um, and I want to say it was just merely I, I probably had seen like, oh, it's the film that Chris Evans is doing when he's not playing Captain America. And I was like, oh, well, this might be more worthy of my time. So um, I checked it out. and I thought it was really really interesting and we'll get to sort of some of the the things that make a Bong Joon-ho movie uh later um but I was really pulled in by the world that was created on this on this train um but then I I didn't get to anything else until Parasite uh so it's not like I was a Bong expert when Parasite came out uh but Parasite was definitely the thing that made me want to retrack back and and see all those things so Brit it was just Barking Dogs and Okja for you those were the only two that you hadn't seen yeah, they were the only two. And with Barking Dogs, I just never, like, tried to seek it out. And Okja, I was just really turned off by the movie itself for some reason um, when it first came out. So, and it, I, I don't know why, because I have a lot of opinions about the meatpacking industry. And I, I go back and forth between being vegan and vegetarian quite often. So I'm not sure why I didn't watch it, but I just didn't. Uh, so yeah, I actually, that was the first one that I watched for this 
whole experience we're about to go through. And just to, to piggyback off of that, it's th those same two, but also um, Mother and uh, and then the host, I'll be, but obviously I watched that for our, our episode that we just did. Um, and the Okja thing is funny too, because I, I so I'd seen Par I'd Snow, Snowpiercer Parasite, Memories of Murder, and then I think I, it had dawned on me that just Bong Joon-ho had a film on Netflix. I was like, oh, I'll check this out. And I got 20 minutes in and it was late and I was like, this is not, I'm not in the mood for this. Uh, now I clearly, I will say now, did not know where the movie was going or I probably just would have, you know, sat through it. But right. Uh, so really just, I, I, less than half of the films I was familiar with before really embarking on the, on the Bong Joon-ho uh, trail that we're on. Joey, what about you? What were the, what was your, have you seen all these prior to this or? No, um, Memories of Murder and Mother I had not seen. And Barking Dogs I had seen, but I don't know. It was one of those ones, like, I didn't count it as a scene. Um, like, I saw, I saw it late one night. I didn't really, you know, half paying attention type thing. So, um, you know, just at some point. I think I actually watched it after the first time I watched Okja. Because the first time I watched Okja, I watched it two days in a row. So I think I watched it right after that, and it was, like, 1 a.m. So I didn't, you know, I saw it, but it doesn't count. So, but Mother and Memories of Murder, completely first watches. Awesome. Great. So we're going to, this is great. There'll be a lot of different like fresh takes, old takes, uh, slowly fermenting takes, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff that we're going to have here on this. It'll be great. Um, so just, I, just a little bit about, about Bong Joon-ho and, um, I will speak for nobody but myself. Uh, this will not be the info heavy episode that their David Lynch ranking was. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to give you some, some bare bones information on our man Bong Joon-ho. He was born in uh, Daegu, South Korea on September 14, 1969. He is currently 53 years old. Um, I, well, that's something I didn't know, which I think is great. I did not know that he, um, his father was a graphic designer um, and a professor at, uh, I'm going to get probably say this wrong, Yungnam University, and was also the head of the art department at the National Film Institute, which I think is just wonderful. So he already has an in, uh, and it's not just that he has an in to filmmaking, but the way that his films look and feel, and like all of these have a very specific, I mean, whether it's the, the Snowpiercer train or the host monster, or like the architecture of the Parasite House, there is a, a very graph, uh, by graphic, I mean like, like, um, What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, what is dead? Design. 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 Thank you. My God. This oh, it's so good. We're doing so good so far. Very we design, got this. design concept films. Um, he he went to uh, uh, university. His father, their, their family moved to Seoul. He went to a place called Yonsei University. Um, was a part of the South Korean democracy movement. He was an active protester. Got tear gassed a lot in his college days. Um but did his uh, what, what is called compulsory military service? He came back. He helped fil uh, found a film club, um, and started making some short films. I didn't. I'm, I'm I'm bummed I didn't get to watch any of these because one of the cr criterions actually includes one of his short films, and one of another one is readily available on um, on YouTube. Uh, but they're out there. Uh, but he starts doing those. Some of them get some nice international. He gets. Uh, uh, keep it sort of Pacific Northwest uh, at the Vancouver International Film Festival. One of his early films was uh, was screened there, and in the and then in the early two thousand, uh, he he makes Barking Dogs Never Bite, and then the career sort of blooms from there. Um, that was a very very fast overview of the man, um, without getting into his film specifically. Anything anybody else wants to share about the guy? 
His film, um, his film club was called the Yellow Door because the place that they that they went to to uh, have these discussions was uh, it had a yellow door, and I really liked that. And he also was in charge of acquiring the movies, or in most cases, illegally copying the movies so that they could watch them, which I found very um, relatable. It's amazing. I, I love it. It's it, fast history of a fascinating guy who. Very lucky is making movies. Yes. I second that. And then, you know, before we kind of get just to the, the recap of, of how this will work and, and what we do, um, we talked, we, I always try to bring up things about the director, sort of these overarching ideas or motifs or something that the director might be known for. And some of these might be obvious, so I don't want to take those. But, um, like, uh, Joey, I'll start with you, with you this time. If you were gonna sort, if you're gonna try to describe either Bong Joon Ho or his films, like how, what would you use to describe them? Oof, um, on the spot, I don't know. The first two words that came to mind were thoughtful landscapes. I like that. That's great. Yeah, like everything, you know. Even, you know. Again, we'll talk about it. But even early on, everything feels like it matters, and nothing is, you know. Everything's big. Everything's brought and but everything matters and you know whether it fully hits or not it matters and it's purposeful and i very much appreciate that Britt, what about you um i would say probably intentional movement whether it be the camera itself or the actors or the scene playing out behind the the focal the focus of a scene and probably like i don't know color theory because his films have such a specific color throughout them um even if it's really subtle they each have something that that draws your eye subconsciously you know like in memories of murder it's the green and the red absolutely and you can see that come back again in movies like parasite so i i think that those are the two things that i really would gravitate towards when describing his films yeah, I'm going to I'm going to kind of take the cop out answer here. Um, and, and uh, you know, Wikipedia says that his filmography is characterized by emphasis on social themes, genre mixing, black humor and sudden tonal shifts. Um, oh, yeah. But the 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 social themes is interesting because I mean, his his commenting on class is very apparent in, in much of his films. But after after watching the films for this go around, it wasn't just class, but but more about like the characters within within those classes and how they're perceived in, in two of the films and we'll get to them some of the uh the characters um have some some uh differing mental disabilities and and they're not always laid out um in the in the 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 plot of the film but it's like the way in which people who are lower class and what that means and who's almost like shoved into that class Versus like who who is in the upper class um it's it's very interesting and sometimes it's a bit on the nose and sometimes it's not but i think that it's it, you can't mention for me at least you can't mention bong joon without getting a class because it's it is oh, right, I, right there in his work he he is so political in every single thing that he does and i really appreciate that about him you know i don't think that every single movie has to have a, a, a an agenda and I don't think every movie has to be telling you um, something about the world but I do really appreciate it when somebody is not afraid to uh, to tell you exactly how they feel and and actually is able to back it up so I I fully appreciate and agree with Bong Juno. 
you know, you guys nailed it with the social, with the, you know, the class stuff, which is great. But I also, the, the genre within movies, he, the, the switches, and it always keeps you on your toes. And, and, you know, there's something, even, you know, there's are seven movies. There are seven very different movies. There's, but they're all Bong Joon-ho movies. Like, you know what you're watching because of the way it switches. You never get to just, you never get to just hang, right? And that's great. And I, and I appreciate that because... Each time, and I think for some people that doesn't work, but man, when you let yourself just get into it, it really takes you for some cool rides yeah. because he does have something to say. And when he's saying these things, he's not, he's doing it differently. And it is, I don't know, they're way funnier than you think. And then when you're watching them all, it's like, oh, this, this is, this guy's great. <laughs> he has a way of really breaking the tension. Um, he's, he's very good with comedy, which is surprising, which isn't surprising, but I don't, I, I, think i've said this on the podcast before comedy is like my least favorite genre and i usually i just don't appreciate it as much I, I don't gravitate towards it but i find myself laughing out loud in a lot of these films especially on these rewatches and he couples those moments of brevity with really really dark subject matters a lot of the time uh, i'm thinking specifically in memories of murder which we'll get to and i really appreciate how well he orchestrates that throughout his his films yeah, the uh, the thing that I would say, and I wish I could give, like I could adequately cite who said this, but um, somebody once said, and I totally believe this, that every, whether it's a comedy or a horror film or uh, like a, a romantic drama, that every movie should be a thriller in the sense that you shouldn't know what's going to happen next. And boy, watching Bong Joon-ho movies, there is, and Joey, that's why I wanted to piggyback on what you said, like every film, whether or not it's a monster movie or a police procedural or whatever, honestly, whatever barking dogs don't bite or never bite is, um, you never quite know what the next thing is going to be. And that's, yeah. you have to stay invested in one of his movies. Okay. So just, just this is your first time listening to uh, a definitive director ranking on the show. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start from seven. We're going to go down to one. Uh, we're going to stop after four. We're going to just talk about some collaborators or since his filmography isn't that big, there are a couple of obvious collaborators, but maybe just people we've enjoyed in some of his movies or somebody who's worked on them before. Um, and then we'll hop back going through th three through one. And at the end of this, we will give you the our definitive ranking of Bong Joon-ho's films. Since last time we went Brittany and then Joey and then me, I thought we could go backwards this time and go me and then Joey and then Brittany. How does that sound? Perfect. That sounds great. Thumbs up. I love it. Perfect. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all there. Do we have anything else before we just hop in to this? Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, you know, I just, I just want to say the director rankings are just a really cool thing and like the lynch and the bong rankings they're very cool for different reasons and i'm very happy to have both of them now like fully under the belt like and i just think it's a really you know watch a lot of the movies we watch it's one then we kind of move to the next thing same thing in the best picture cast world like so like to actually like live with a full director for a period of 20 years is 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 really rewarding well said. See, I'm not going to try to say anything new after that because I thought that, that was, was great. That was adequately. That was perfect. That was amazing. Okay. Um, so we'll just. Oh, I should say. And we didn't really quick just before we start. His filmography would be 
Uh, Barking Dogs Never Bite from 2000, Memories of Murder from 2003, The Host 2006, Mother in 2009, Snowpiercer in 2013, Okja 2017, and Parasite in 2019. Should say too that his film Mickey 17 will be out at some point next year. So there will be it. Maybe when that comes out, we'll like we'll update our list and do a little catch up episode on that. Perfect. Okay, to start us off. My number seven, and if you listened to our episode, this will surprise no one, but my number seven is The Host. Uh, Joey, <laughs> and, a, and a shaky head from Brit. Joey, what Sad is... Sad Brit's back. <laughs> what, what, Joey, what is your number oh. seven? So, watching these, this was very clear to me. After the last episode, this was even clearer to me. But I feel bad because I don't want to upset Brit. And I like Brit so much. But it is the host. <sighs> well, this is going to be a divisive episode. Um, I can already tell. You both chose violence. So um, <laughs> it's not on me. That's not on me. Listen, but, but, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. Part of the reason my first two picks in our draft episode were not Grease and Joker was because I knew I was doing this. I, so it's about balance. That is fair. Okay, so Adam chose violence and you chose the lesser of two evils. Perfect. I, I appreciate that. So only Adam's on my shit list right now. Uh, that's fine. I'm on multiple. Give me a, give, give me give me one more <laughs> give me one more pick. <laughs> I'll 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 get there. <laughs> okay, so um so I am going to go with, and this is the movie that I did originally rank last when I did the rewatch. And full full disclosure, I waited until the last second to rewatch this movie because I didn't enjoy it the first time. And I did not really enjoy it the second time either. So my number seven is Snowpiercer. Oh. It's a great movie, but it's not my favorite. Okie doke. Um, it's going to be a while on that. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Um. So now here's the thing I want to say uh, other than the host and again, and this is, I'm not making this like a, a shit on the yeah. host thing, but all the other movies on here, I, I would watch again, like quite happily. I think there are flaws with a lot of them actually. And they're not, some of them are glaring. Some of them aren't. Um, and my number six has one that was, I enjoyed the movie for the most part, but there's one glaring thing that keeps it at six and not higher. So my number six is mother. That would be, my number six um joey what is your number six um yeah so my number six i don't even dislike the host and you know this isn't like the other rankings where the last one i'm gonna absolutely get to dunk on someone i just you know i think it's a flawed flawed film um but my number six is something that i really enjoy and um i was really happy to get into it is barking dogs Okie doke. And Britt, your six. So I will say my number six and my number five did flip-flop a number of times. And ultimately, I decided to put this at number six because it's a good movie. It's a fun, it, it is a fun movie, and I, I enjoy the themes of it. But there are some, some performances in it that are particularly grating for me, and I probably won't revisit this anytime soon. Whereas I think I'll revisit five a lot sooner so uh my number six is oak jaw 
I can't wait to get more into what you were just hinting at when we get to Oakja. I really can't. Um, uh, my number five uh, was Joey's number six, and that is Barking Dogs Never Bite. That is my number five. Joey, what is your number five? So number five up for me, I actually all really love. I will watch many, many times, but for different reasons, uh, you know, have to rank things. And my number five is Mother. All right. And Brit, your five. I think that it's time for us to talk about our first movie because my number five is Barking Dogs Never Bite. Okay, and we're all pretty much in the same world. Brett and I at five, Joey at six. So this, uh, yeah, no, Brett, go start us oh, off. I was just gonna say this is quite a um, a first film to go with. I I feel like Bong Joon Ho is fearless because the subject matter of this film is incredibly polarizing. Well, incredibly I, polarizing for sure i mean the I, I i mean at one point I, well there's something about like if if you want to understand the juxtaposition and the the tonal shifts of the movie starting off with it like no animals were harmed in the making of this film over the sound of dogs yelping in the background I was like yeah instantly off the top i was like i i and and I you know I I had started other than the host I start I tried to go chronological that didn't actually end up working out for me but I I was excited to see this because it was the one I was the most unfamiliar with and and when we started that way I was like we are just we are just right in it man we are just right in the juxtaposition of everything's fine but it's really not fine <laughs> nothing's fine <laughs> like it starts off it lets you know it's about to be a fucked up two hours. <laughs> It does, but I think that it actually makes sense. Um, I, I think the desperation of the main character is so evident and how he's trying to keep it together. It, for me, as much as I was like, please don't throw this dog off the off the roof. I, I was like, I, I, but I get the headspace you're in right now. You, you literally have no other options. Your wife is so mean to you, but you also are incapable of like doing anything to make yourself feel successful and these fucking dogs won't stop barking it's i think that he he was compelling not a good guy but compelling good you don't have to be a good guy to be compelling because it's just that overwhelming sense of overwhelmingness that he's just stuck in and i you know at times with this it's a first movie ballsy first movie but Anything in the basement with the dog-eating janitor, I was so in on. I don't know that I blinked in some of those scenes. I was so impressed. Uh, you know, other things kind of dragged a little bit, but the basement stuff I thought was just fantastic, and you saw what Bong was going to do. I mean, he's so good, and there's a reason why he shows up in multiple of his films. I believe that's uh, Byun Hee Bong. I apologize yeah. if I said that incorrectly. He is so good and i i feel he's compelling in everything that he does but he is particularly compelling as this janitor i as soon as he started like cutting open the dog i was like we're going here we're going here i can't believe it and i was like 100 in i'm not gonna lie uh I, I i enjoyed this movie a lot more than i expected to 
I didn't know what to, I was like, all right, first movie, you know, all right. And like I said, I had kind of watched it at some point, but I clearly just wasn't paying attention to it when I first watched it. I was just like, I, I thought it was just like a movie about this just miserable, failed academic whose wife was mean to him. And I, <laughs> so much more going on. And when we after the first dog, when he realizes that wasn't the dog, because that dog doesn't bark, oh. and it just... Like, I, like, I, like, sucked in air. I was like, oh, no. Or when his wife shows up with a dog. Uh, that, yeah. Ooh. Oh, man. My, my series of notes, because then we, and we have the, 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 our, kind of our main gal and her friend, and I, and they're, they've got a really fun friend, friendship relationship, which I think is, which I think is great. But then I, I have my, my notes kind of in, in sequences. I love the jazz. There's a lot of jazz in this, and it kind of makes it peppy when it's like, you know, I mean, this guy is kind of in the dumps, but the jazz is just like, eh, this is a quirky, peppy film. So I go, the jazz is great. And then my next note is, I wonder, I wonder how if these storylines are going to merge, meaning the girl and our guy. And so when she sees him across with the binoculars and he's holding the dog, I'm like, oh, we've seen this before. He's still, he's still just in that place. And then I, and I'm literally like, she sees him on the roof, and I go, he chucks the dog. He chucked the dog. And I was I I was like I that's what I mean about like a movie should be a thriller like I didn't like he did it before I'm like nah he's not gonna do it this time and then when he does right I was just I, and then and then another thing that he does in movies which is great is he will just kind of inexplicably go to slow mo and then we get the slow parts of that chase and then before she gets hit right in the face with the door and I go this also feels there's parts of this movie that's a farce it's kind of slapsticky like when she's um. At the end, trying to escape from the the homeless man, it turns into this like Marx Brothers esque comedy routine. And it's funny, and nothing should be funny after everything we've seen at that point. And he navigates that in a way that it's okay, that it's hysterical, but still doesn't break the world that we're in. Yeah. And he did that in his first movie. It's a really impressive first movie. It's you can see aspects of things that like the tonal shifts and the um the tonal shifts in particular where it goes from from comedy to you know heist to whatever whatever ones he uses um you can see them in this they are clunkier than they were are in you know in something like parasite but they're still evident and it's so interesting to see where he started with barking dogs where it is a solid film he doesn't like it he he really thinks it's like a stupid film i believe that's what he called it but yeah where he starts there which is already better than a lot of people can do and then he just builds to to parasite it's incredible just to to because I actually watched Parasite and then I watched Barking Dogs. And it was so interesting to see his latest work and his first work back to back. And, and it's it's the same director. He It has Bong Joon-ho all over it, which I can't say for every single director. Usually directors are honing their skills and like, yeah, that's a some, something or other movie. But it gets better. I was. This is now just mush. But anyways, no, no, no it's great. But you're no, you're no, totally right though. I like if, what you said. Yeah, if you look at like you know, and I'll, I'll go with two. I think very like hot directors right now. If you look at somebody like either Christopher Nolan or Denis Villeneuve, they aren't making the films that they were making when they first started. Like thematically and budget wise alone, like it's they it's they're doing different things. They they are kind of and, and that's not a bad thing, but it's. It's more of like a oh here are these things that they did 
right? But Bong and the comparison from Barking Dogs to Parasite is, is it's very great. That's it's true. It's it's pretty it's pretty obvious. Um, and and so much so that uh, I feel like it's this it, the uh, the idea of um, the son in Parasite wanting to like being a tutor and all that, and that this kid wanting to be a professor. Just give me my professor job. If I get that, then things will be good. And uh, <laughs> and as a newly tenure, tenure track professor, I'm like, I I feel you, buddy. I feel the struggle. <laughs> Um, uh, but then also it's like, Uh and and there are parts, there are parts of me where like, I do, I totally empathize with this guy, but then it's like other parts where I'm writing down, like, dude, let your pregnant wife sleep, asshole. Just don't, what are you fucking doing, man? Oh yeah. 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 That pissed me off. (laughs) I don't think you should wake anybody up though. I am not nice when you wake me up. Believe me. My husband will not let me sleep on the couch anymore while we watch movies because I am such a nightmare to wake up. And it's because I'm, I'm asleep. Don't fucking t- don't touch me. And especially if your wife is pregnant. Mm-mm. You deserve everything that's coming to you if you're going to wake your pregnant wife. Sorry. Yeah, that that relationship was interesting because it could have gotten lost. And I think a lot of people in a first movie that would have been just like a little bit more exaggerated to show a point. But like they really showed how just unhealthy this relationship is and i and i like because it adds to why the dogs drive them nuts and it like the job everything is a bigger piece to the puzzle and nothing is kind of shorthanded and like i'd love to see him remake this now (laughs) yeah absolutely i will i will say why would the wife bring home an animal without talking to her husband first because that is just not okay that that it's is a weird movie thing that that oh you know i don't know I, I that drives me nuts i will say that we have i did go home my sister and i came home with a cat once my dad was really mad um so it does happen in real life but don't do it because it's like i if my husband came home with a with a dog as much as i love dogs i'd be like what the fuck are you doing why is this in the house we did not discuss this well and and i i Melissa will never listen to this. No big deal. But like when, so we bought our first dog uh, when I moved, when we moved to Indiana, uh, my first year of grad school. So we've had Bosco for like 13 years. Uh, But so we found out Melissa was pregnant. uh, But right around that same time, we were thinking about getting a second dog. And we we lived in a one bedroom apartment in Bloomington. So we got this dog, Carter. Carter was a sweet Australian shepherd. um, But Melissa was like, she was pregnant and she was very emotional. And then Carter was fucking crazy. Carter chewed everything. And I was gone for like 13 hours a day and then Melissa had to work. So we had to give Carter back, which was so tough, but like, but, but also extremely tough for Melissa, who was already just very emotional. So like her bringing the dog back without asking is one of those things where it's like, yeah, you probably should have, but also like, I totally buy it because like, don't, my experience is don't fuck with pregnant ladies. Just let them let them do their thing. But like, I agree. But, there. but but then but the I but yes. But then the point of view of the of the guy being like, oh fuck! Like I, it's I, the great thing about this movie as is that as ridiculous as like some of the maybe overall themes or moments are, everybody's point of view makes sense to me. There isn't anybody in here where I'm like, nah, I don't buy you. It. Right. I, I, yeah, which is which yeah. is great. I mean, you want that. You want grounded characters in a movie that maybe it's a little it's a little farcical at times. Yeah, I think that's a theme throughout most of his films. There's a lot of there are a lot of 
kind of heightened reality or we could go as far as to say like not really magical realism but but in a similar vein like fantastical elements to um normal everyday things uh characterizing caricatures of of people and of situations and i i find that really appealing in a lot of his films everything's heightened even if it's supposed to be playing played straight I mean the moment of him the moment of him walking the dog through the the pesticide people <laughs> was just was just so funny and then of course it's the the painful moment of like no I seriously lost the dog and she's like you don't come back until you found the dog and it's like again like if you're her of course you think you got rid of the dog but we know he didn't and it's just ah uh, it it all works out really well and that's where it's like this movie's at five and yeah is it it's a first film it's not totally polished but it is a perfectly enjoyable movie yeah Yeah. i mean as long as you can get past the the dog murder absolutely (laughs) which a lot of people can't and i respect it i understand it's fine do not watch this movie go look if you have to look at does the dog die.com before watching a movie this one is not for you but if you can get past that give it a shot yeah the janitor scenes might hit a little differently now I I totally agree with um uh with um is it is it it's it's Bune, is it Bune, Bean 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 Bong um let me see it's Bune He yeah. Bong yeah um I, he's great and and obviously he's gonna come up in, in some of the other films that we talk about um I did wonder though was the the story was the was it the uh, janitor Kim is that what it was called the the ghost story um yeah. I don't, I don't. Oh, Boiler Kim. That's what it was. Boiler Kim. Like I loved, I loved his presence in that. But then ultimately, I don't know if it really. I know it's the the idea is that maybe like that that homeless guy is living there, and that maybe like when people hear things, that's what it is. But I, that see for me, and that's one of those things. Where I it, it doesn't feel necessary. It's fun. It's a it's a great little storytelling moment. But I don't know that we need it in the in the film. Be completely honest. I like forgot that existed until you brought that up. So yeah, I don't think it's it's not an important part. <laughs> and that's also not like a huge rag on the film. I just no, I'm, I'm no, 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 not at all. Yeah, but it's just like it's you know it's 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 like fun fluff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, not, there's nothing negative about it. It's it's just an add-on, and it's it's fine, and it's just it's just not it's not a memorable add-on for good or bad reasons. It just is. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a thing that happens. It, it, it certainly is. Uh, any other barking dogs never bite thoughts? Mm, the the drinking culture of businessmen in South Korea is really rough. Uh, and damn, I'm glad I don't have to do that. What is it? Uh, there's also a lot of bad karaoke in, in Bong's films. Uh, <laughs> I'm so into that. I'm, so I'm, much. God, I am such a karaoke person. I actually have, we have friends coming in town, into town next month. I already have a three-hour block at our local like karaoke place to go and sing with them. Sometimes we do four hours, but then my husband's like, my brain is melting. So we, we try to stick with just three. So I'm here for all the bad karaoke. That's amazing. I am literally, I I am literally the exact opposite when it comes to karaoke. I want zero hours for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's okay. I, Don't worry. And I, look, and I'm a solid middle. Like, give me an hour, an hour and a half tops, and and I'm I'm good. That's great. We really oh are. That, that's the spectrum. I just right want there. us all to go karaoke now. It would be so Here's the fun. Thing. Why? 
this podcast works is because of that three minutes. <laughs> Listeners, what are your thoughts on karaoke? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Okay, so that's uh, that, that's the first time that we're talking about Barking Dogs Never Bite, currently on uh, Prime and Canopy and uh, a lot of other services for free as well. Um, so, uh, we are going to do our fours, uh, and then unless we, we match up here, we'll take a a quick little intermission to talk about some other stuff. So my number four is a film that has been mentioned once before. Um, and it is the, uh, the Netflix original Okja. Okja is my number four. Joey, what is your number four? Well... Adam and Britt, it is time to talk Okja. Oh, nice. Cool. And I also have Okja number four. Okay. Um, Britt, I got to start right with the thing that you mentioned. Cause I, so you were talking about performance or performances. And I would, can you just, I'm put it on the spot. Can you just maybe, who are you, who are you talking, are you talking about in that one? So what the hell was Jake Gyllenhaal doing in this movie? It's, baffling to me that anybody allowed him to do that because he wasn't acting he well he was acting a lot and it wasn't good um his performance was so bad that every time he came on the screen i was like i don't know if i can finish this film i like so many aspects of this i think that the um that okja the creature is so good and so compelling that story is really compelling as soon as we get him on the screen oh my god i can't stand him honestly a lot of the american like we're not the american the english speaking actors um him and tilda swinton i was not into tilda swinton at all in this film uh, and usually I'm pretty I'm pretty fine with most of her performances. I think she's really solid. I mean, again, shout out to Michael Clayton. She's great in that, just not in this. Um, those, those are the two in particular that really, really stood out to me as, oh, we're just in completely different movies. Yeah, I I and because I've been I'm pretty on the record about not being a very big Paul Dano fan. Um, but I actually really liked him in this. Me and, too. And I actually at one point I wrote. As much as I normally like Jake Gyllenhaal in films is as much as I liked Paul Dano in this. As much as I normally hate Paul Dano in films is how I thought about Jake Gyllenhaal in this. Um, I and like this is and this is coming off a couple of like I really love Jake Gyllenhaal in in Prisoners. I really liked him in Nightcrawler. He's got some yeah. really good enemy. Yes, I mean he he's I I I. I don't know. I, I'm I'm so with you, Britt. Like every time he came on, I was just I was baffled by this. I was like, this is this is one of our best actors. Just not not even phoning it in. But I and I because I guarantee he thought he was giving a brilliant performance. But I don't know what this was. It was just yeah. it was uncomfortable to watch. He just the whole thing and but. The one scene when he is drunk and Okja's in the lab and he's torturing Okja, I do think that's where he was trying to do it. So, like, that scene bothers me the least compared to the parade where I think he's just, like, a manic confusion. But I like Tilda Swinton in this. I, 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 I'm I all in on her. And Paul Dano and Stephen Yoon, I, I just fucking love Oh man! Like, I, I want to watch those two do things forever. That was yeah. That was great. I thought I thought the whole animal liberation front 
like that Me whole too. crew was just Great. was just a, a just a, a treat to watch. Um, I loved that crew, like the guy who wouldn't eat because of his carbon footprint. They're like, you have to eat something. He's like, no, no, I just can't. That was just there were little pockets of brilliance throughout this entire film that just it, I wanted it to all come together and. It felt a little too disjointed for me. Um, I personally think uh, Bong Joon-ho is best when he's, I don't know if the right word is to say subtle, but I guess when he's in a more realistic place that his themes feel more subtle. Whereas this was very much slapping you in the face about, you do know that the meat industry is bad, and which, yes, it's it's really fucking bad. If you haven't looked it up, I, I highly recommend it so you know where your food's coming from. Um, so it, it really did kind of feel like very preachy. And I, I, I was like, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying. This is bad. Of course it's bad. So... Oh, so oh, so many things. So many. Oh, uh, sorry. Really, I, just really quick. First of all, again, this is where I'm in the middle because I'm also. I was actually pretty tepid on Tilda. Um, I loved her towards the beginning, but then as the movie kind of progressed, like when she's, when Giancarlo Esposito is like recording her conversation, and like in their like the boardroom or not recording, but he like the her, the sisters on the phone. Yeah. I was just like, yes, yeah. I don't. I don't really know. I don't really know about this. Um, uh. I, it's so, but uh, Britt, the way that you said that, I I really agree with that. I think that this is maybe his most far fetched film in terms of the presentation of it of the world. And he he has a film that we haven't talked about yet. Well, that that we haven't discussed yet. That's set in the future on a train that has to keep moving. And I found that world a bit more believable than this one, um, which is tricky. Uh, and and I I just. I just want to say because I just right, but I want to. I got to shit on Jake Gyllenhaal's performance again. That his performance is the reason why this isn't higher. Because I actually really, really the compassion and the the sweetness between Mija and and Okja oh, is so sweet. It's so endearing, and the 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 determination for this girl to to find this pig is great. And and that part I do find believable. The the and like the the innocence, but also the strong headedness of a child to to want to do that. I, I I like all that stuff. But Jake, I mean honestly, Jake Gyllenhaal knocks this back, and that's that is such a weird thing to say out loud. But I I I have no other way to frame it. He 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 really ruins this movie. I wish they could have cut him from it. It would have been higher. I, it, it probably would have been higher on my list if it if that were. I don't actually. I take that back. I don't know if it would because I still think that it's too heavy handed. Sure. Yeah, but you know, it's you. You know what you're watching, right? Like he's not he's not hiding things here, which I, I think is fine sometimes. Because the other thing is, it also works. I've seen this movie four times. I have cried four times watching this movie. Um, the relationship of that little girl and that freaking super pig just crushes me. When she's sprinting, following the truck, I know what's going to happen. I am No matter how many times it is, I'm standing there. I'm, I stand up like a fucking loser rooting for her. <laughs> like, I am so in on that relationship. And Paul Dano and when Steven Yoon just mistranslates and holy shit, all of that just works for me. So much, and yes, Gyllenhaal is, and I, I fucking love Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I don't even feel great about not saying bad things, but he's, he, he made some mistakes this movie, and, um, but man, I, this movie, and what I've found, because whenever I've told people we're doing this, people love, see, this didn't happen with the Lynch rankings, it happened with this, where I'd say like, oh, this is what we're doing, or this is what I'm watching, and people would give me their rankings of whatever they had watched. 
And Okja was the most all over the place. I can see that. Which I found fascinating. And not everybody's seen Barking Dogs. Not everybody's seen everything. I think only one or two people who have all seven. But Okja was watched by everybody. And I mean, one of my friends actually went to the New York premiere of it and he didn't like it. And then he rewatched it. He liked it more because, you know, the heart of it came through. And Gyllenhaal was a part of his problem when he watched it live in a room with Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) It's that's understandable. I, I, I had secondhand embarrassment when I was watching it. You know, when you, it, it was just one of those things where I was like, God, I wish somebody had told him to sh- stop. But at the same time, who knows? Maybe it could have worked if everything was that heightened. I don't, I don't know. To be completely honest, if he just did a different voice, but everything else the same, I, I could have bought in a little bit more. The voice really threw me. Yeah, it was very, very cartoony. Yeah, exactly. And not in a good way. No, in the wrong way, especially when this movie is just about sheer determination, like all the other themes, but it's it's about the sheer determination and love this girl has for the cartooniness takes you out, even if it's a super pig and everything. And, you know, and I know what this is saying about the meat industry, but I can't say I was not eating meat more than once when I've watched this. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... I when I first, I have a friend actually who's been a vegetarian since she was vegetarian slash vegan. Um, I think she's fully vegan now uh, since she was 11, specifically because she does not appreciate the mistreatment of animals. I have lots of friends who are, are vegan or vegetarian. And I go back and forth. There, I really, really do have an issue with the way that um, that meat is packaged and, and how it's processed. That doesn't stop me from eating it, and I feel really bad about that. But I'm also very anemic, so I don't get enough protein. Oh, well, and when I, it, it's it's bad. So when I do um, do go down that road, I'm very very tired and lethargic, and I have bruises everywhere. So I, I kind of have to get more protein in my diet somehow. So you need the protein, but you don't need the super pig. No, Okja. When Okta, like when they save the little piglet at the end and all of them just in oh unison start crying. Oh, God, it just like makes my makes me just well up thinking me. about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that, I'm like bawling. Yeah. I'm that, full. I'm done that, at that point. That moment is great. And but also and I love and it's you know, it's one of those things, too, where like the the cover of the criterion is just that shot of Okja and Mija looking at each other at the end. And that. Oh, and the 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 way that like she whispers to him and then oh. he kind of does it it's just it's so fucking sweet and like i and sometimes sweet can be too sweet but to me this was like all just the right amount um i wanted to say uh if we were doing a full episode on this movie that my unsung hero would be the korean driver who gives the interview to the tv crew oh he's the yeah, he's like i don't work for them i'm not oh my it god is so fucking funny it is so great you know they fucked up (laughs) that driver is so good i he's so funny loved every second he was on screen i wholeheartedly agree with this and then i i just kind of bring back the keystone cop uh idea because when they're going through the sub the mall and everything it's just like people are slipping on marbles and like it's just it's You know, in this movie where we're going to tackle like real issues and have these moments with them saving the baby pig at the end, we've got just a ridiculous chase scene right in the middle of this movie. It's just it's yeah. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal really fucked this movie up. (laughs) 
Yeah, because you know, right, when you were saying sweet and everything, I was thinking about that, but then I was thinking about the Dano Yoon scene where when Dano realizes that he mistranslated and just that like explosive anger that comes out of nowhere, so you really kind of see the edge that he has. And it adds just so many more layers to it, and I think it takes it away from some of the silliness. It's it's the Jillian Hall helium voice. But but then but it but that same moment though, what's so funny about it is we get the slap and it's like clearly Daniel's pissed, but then he's like consider consider this this equipment the parting thing of your thing and then he yeah. can't he like like he fall, it falls on him as he's trying to leave it's it, yeah it, it definitely the the shifts are great i it's yeah yeah fuck you and this performance jake gyllenhaal um and jake gyllenhaal who i love and yeah, who it bums I, me yeah. out yeah i, I i'm pro gyllenhaal all the way yeah uh, I, I mean, obviously, we could, we could talk at length about Okja. Any other? But any other? Any other Okja thoughts? Lovely Darius Kanji cinematography. I thought I thought the movie looked great. Beautiful. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. Beautiful. A lot of Bong Joon Ho movies are just beautiful to look at, though. Yes. They, yeah. They sure are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I I just think being able to be so far in, you know, the 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 mountains and the the woods, and then but also be in like the. In, industrial area and be able you know and the transition between the the both is such a and really have both feel so lived in is not an easy thing to do and i appreciate that he's able to do it make you feel where you're there and also he's very good at directing um cgi creatures because oakja is so wonderful in this movie and i think every Beautiful. single time there's a splash or there's you know something moving or the whole chase sequence where okja just destroys a bunch of like souls uh like the underneath the, like the underground or whatever it's amazing to watch everything flying at the same time that the cgi super pig is flying and it's just impressive and amazing and i think I would like to see more of Bong Joon Ho creating monsters because we all know how I feel about the host. So, well, and, and I, uh, I, I think that that's that's I think the experience of making the host and then just that sweet sweet Netflix money. Um, it I think yeah, it all really right. really helped that Okja looked. Oh, oh yeah, Okja looked great. And yes, the um, the live action, uh, interacting with the CG. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. It's that extra the extra movements that really sell it. Yeah. Ah, that's lovely, lovely. Um, okay, well that that was Ocha, and that uh, Britt, that leaves us with uh, your four before. Oh, okay. Uh, a, a, like a little intermission. Well, number four, y'all. I guess it's time for us to talk again about a movie that makes me very sad to talk about with you two, the host. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I I gotta be honest. I was not expecting that so soon. I thought that was gonna be even. Me neither. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be perfectly honest. The host was at number six for a while. Like it honestly, the host, Barking Dogs Never Bite, and Oakjaw, they all went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, Snowpiercer was always at number seven for me. What did you just say? I'm sorry, I spoke over you. I didn't hear it. Adam and I bullied you into moving it up by just <laughs> beating it up. Oh uh, fucking yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I was like, fine, bitches, fine. Oh, I actually, amazing. before you picked, before you picked your fourth, I actually almost said out loud, like, oh, well, we're not going to talk about a movie here, just assuming the host <laughs> wasn't coming. Well, I mean, I don't really think we have much more to say about the host. 
I, I I don't other than and and again I this this is unfair because you set me up to be a prick at the beginning of this but like I after, you set yourself up Adam <laughs> don't you dare put that on me after after watching all the other films to me it's just like there's these six and then there's the host and I I, I just the host I I'm just it. never gonna I just don't think I'm ever gonna watch the host again I really don't maybe maybe with like my kids when they're like. 13 14 and like gauge their like like do you like do you like this like is this something because they do love they like an like a an adventure monster movie like that's totally up their alley so maybe i'll watch it again but it's not my i'm not looking forward to it that's okay you know i i rewatched it since we recorded the host episode because i was like let me rewatch it within this context of rankings and i can comfortably say i stand by every single thing i said last time that's fine. And there are, I just think when we're looking at these, I think there's, well, I'll, I'll say the, you know, that whole bit at the end, but I just, uh, but I do still love that first monster reveal and chase. I will always give it that credit. I love that. As per usual, as I said before, I think that Bong Joon-ho is really fearless and that he, he is, so he's not afraid to tackle things in cinema that he's not necessarily supposed to do so instead of following like jaws or alien and and hiding the monster until a big reveal he gave it to us right away and i kind of appreciate that because he he wanted us to just jump right in with the characters who you can i feel like if you don't get behind the characters you can't get behind this movie so i understand why you both do not like it and that's fine and it's totally valid this movie just has a really like soft spot in my heart. I just love it. Um, but I will also say comparing the direction of this monster to other monster movies, like I'm specifically thinking of the most recent Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> it's really obvious that Bong Joon-ho knew what he wanted and knew how he wanted this monster to be portrayed um, because it's a three dimensional character. And I think that's impressive. And especially for his first time working with um, a CGI creature, great job. Because it set you up for Oakjaw, who is amazing. And I would watch another movie about Oakjaw. I would, too. I would, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oakjaw. Oakjaw, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as... Um... Jake Gyllenhaal's nowhere near it. I think that's. Oh, he's yeah. actually going to be the star. I ah, heard. damn it's it! It's going to be all a redemption story for him. Uh, what was his name? Johnny Wilcox, or what was it? Something like that. Oh, God, I don't fucking know. It, it was something Wilcox. I remember that. That's what is. I got it here somewhere. I don't. Johnny I Wilcox. Care. Holy shit! That's right. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, there we go. So so we'll take a just a little pause here, and I um, I wanted to just kind of give us a moment to maybe talk about some. Some frequent collaborators. Now, I just before uh, we maybe launch into that, I just wanted to say that I I always appreciate, like I I I don't like throwing the word auteur around because I feel like people just do that sometimes, and it's like, I don't know, we we just throw it around whenever we want to. But I feel like as as the writer director of of all of his films, and granted, he didn't solely write all of them. Um, in fact, he has co writers for everything I think he's done so far. But like that's really having his mind not just beh- like behind the camera but behind the story it, it i just i love that i i truly love writer directors and i think that it it shows in his work so I, I just wanted to lead with that i totally agree i think it's it's really amazing to see the um 
the stories that he chooses to tell are not cookie cutter and they are not stories that you would expect. And he is masterful at what he does. Um, I've never seen a person pull off a twist the way that he does. I mean, he if you want to learn how to do a twist, watch a Bong Joon-ho movie. You're going to find at least one that's going to blow your mind. And it's funny how well this is just my my interpretation, but unlike M Night Shyamalan, who got kind of burdened with the twist of his films, I don't feel like that's happened with with Bong. Like it, it's not been like the oh, just let's wait for the Bong twist to happen, you know. But you're you're absolutely right. Even even movies like, like that idea of like you shouldn't know what happens next, like. Absolutely, the way that he sets up moments in his films, even if it's not even, we haven't talked about one yet, but even if it's not the end of the movie, it's like all of a sudden you are just smacked in the face with, whoa, what the fuck? Um, that's impressive to do that and still leave you with about 45 minutes of a, of a film yet uh, left. So, yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, but so anybody, any specific people we want to shout out that, uh, that, that, that our good friend Bong Joon-ho has worked with? One and a positive from the host, and you know, someone I like a lot more in another movie, Sung Kang Ho. She's our no, wait, sorry, Ko Asang. <laughs> Sung's in everything. Ko Asung. Uh, she pays, um, she's she's Sung's daughter in two movies, and I, I really like her performances, and I appreciate what she does. So, I wanted to shoot her out first because we already talked about Beyond. She is great. I think she truly is the heart of of the host. Yeah. Oh yes. I. She's the best part. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. Totally. Agree. Um. But but I mean but you gotta I mean you you mentioned Song Kang Ho I mean you gotta you gotta bring him up. I yeah. Mean, I mean, <laughs> he's pretty important. And uh, I... oh, I was just say outside of outside of um. Uh, Gong Du and the host we haven't we've have yet to talk about one of his performances yet in, in the movies but I do think if you just even just looking at these four films I mean he does definitely have a great range I think he's he's I, I love his interpretation of some of these characters so um so yeah you got I mean you got to mention Song Kang Ho I mean Song Kang Ho is so good he's a chameleon I Though we were watching, uh, my husband watched a couple of these movies with me, and um, while we were watching the oh, watching the Parasite, Jesus Christ, Parasite, he goes, "Does this guy ever play someone who's not just like a schlubby idiot?" And I was like, "Yes, he does. Actually, he he is he plays a multitude of of roles. He's very very good, um, but he does he does tend to play characters that are." Um, down on their luck or not necessarily at the top of society and I appreciate that because he really gives life to these characters that could just be caricatures and nothing feels kind of forced or pitied about them yeah and I think that's due to his he's powerful without being overpowering yeah well and and that's yeah, something sure. that's something uh that I was reading um in one of the, I think that the essay that came with the Criterion for Okja, uh, they they mentioned how that was really one of one of Bong's first real movies where we we kind of focus one protagonist through. I mean, Okja as well, but but Mija really is our the one person we're following through the film. Um, but for somebody who is clearly as talented and and as popular as he is in South Korea as uh, Song Kang Ho is, like he definitely i mean he's obviously a, he's a huge part of memories of murder um he's a huge part of the host but really in, in snowpiercer and i in, really in parasite too he definitely takes 
a back seat. Now, that's not saying that he doesn't give great performances because he certainly does, but he, I love, like, you know, and, and Britt, we have that acting background. Like, it's not really about the size of the role. It's what you do with it. And so yeah. he clearly is, is uh, a model of that, of showing what you could do with a little bit. He seems like a generous actor. And what I mean by that is he doesn't pull focus when he's not supposed to pull focus. I th- I'm sure, Adam, you've been on stage with people that are great, but they also pull focus at every freaking chance that they get. And it's like, oh, you're not being kind to the people you're on stage with. You just want everybody to leave this only speaking about you, which they would have done anyways because you're good. Whereas with Song Kang-ho, he allows everybody around him to be the focal point as well. And it's really refreshing to see that because nothing pisses me off more than somebody who chooses to take the spotlight from someone when they don't need to <laughs> on purpose right and in that same vein though when he when it's his time he just is top notch i mean yep. snowpiercer once that really gets going i'm i just wanted i want to spend more time with his character i totally agree yeah um and then the only, you know, in terms of like the people behind the scenes that he works with, a, a, a few people have worked on two films. The only person that I could really nail down on who that's worked on uh, three films that wasn't an actor um, is Hong Kyung Pyo, who is a cinematographer who did the cinematography, uh, the cinematography for Mother, Snowpiercer, and Parasite. Um, so just wanted to shout. Uh, shout them out because um, especially I do really love how mother opens. Um, I know it's low on my list, Mm -hmm. uh, but I really, really love the opening of mother. Um, We'll get to how low it is on your list eventually. Um, (laughs) But I agree. I agree. That opening is brilliant. uh, Yeah. I would like to bring up, um, Lee Jung Yun, who is, um, she's one of the stars of Parasite. She plays the um, the first housekeeper. And she also shows up in some smaller roles in, in um, a couple other films, notably Mother, um, which is one of my favorite scenes in Mother. And I think she is fantastic. The thing about, um, uh, about Bong Joon-ho that I've heard is that he likes to work with different actors, which I don't... I, Yes, he does like to work with different actors, but he does bring a lot of people back. But the cool thing he is... He has his is, crew. He, yeah, he does have his crew, but he does bring back people who were in smaller roles and gives them bigger roles. And I think that's very cool that he he is able to see talent and, and see where somebody who, who had a smaller role might fit into something a little bit meatier, a little bigger. And I just, every time she is on screen, I just love her. I think she's fantastic. And I hope they work together again because I really, really like uh, like the way that they work together. She's great. She's, she's, she, she takes your eye. Yeah, she really does. She really does. Also, like, shout out to Paul uh, Lazar. He's great in both The Host and in Snowpiercer. As much as I dislike Snowpiercer, I like his cameo. It is off the wall. And I'm like, go for it. I, I love you. You're great. You can show up in every single Bong Joon-ho movie, please. Um, he's And and as the, the American doctor in The Host, he's he's just terrible and lovely at the same time. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I like it. That's great. Uh, so should we should we get back to the list? Should we get to the top three? Are we at top dun, dun, three dun. already? We are, well, there's just less films. Yeah, there's just less films yeah. to, to chat about. 
Uh, although we've only talked about three so far, so we do have four more films to chat about. Um, so uh, coming in now to to my number three, um, and this is this is a a movie that uh, the first time I watched it, I I wasn't really a fan, and definitely the second watch it jumped quite a bit. And so my number three is Memories of Murder. That is my number three. Uh, Joey, what is your number three? Sometimes not going first makes you feel like a copycat because for the second time in a row and the third time so far, my number three is Memories of Murder, a movie I had not seen before, as I said, and that I've now seen three times. (laughs) I guess we're talking about Memories of Murder because it's also my three. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. So these top ones are going to be divisive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so I got to say, oh, no, Britt, go ahead. I was going to say, I do have a feeling that number one is probably going to be the, the even keeled for us all. So I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, we'll end, we'll end with some group connectivity there. That'll be nice. That'll be good. Um, I think we'll need it. It'll be like a therapy session. <laughs> So the first time I watched Memories of Murder, uh, everybody who who knows me and likes film was like, oh, you like Seven. You're going to like Memories of Murder. And and now that I've seen it again, I will say to those people who told me that, that it's not just because it, there's there's violent crimes taking place does not make it similar. Uh, and and I think that kind of ruined the first watch for me, if that makes sense. And so this time when we're... Um, when we're at the crime scene and people are falling down the hill, um, it was way more like I, the first time I watched it, I was like, this is fucking stupid. Like I, I actually was getting mad because I, I was expecting something different and yeah. that's, and that's expectations can fuck with your perception of a film. So this time, yeah. through, especially, especially focusing on tonal shifts and watching all these movies where we're going from one thing to the next the movie landed a lot different this time and like a movie that probably maybe before would have been around honestly like around five or six for me jumped quite a bit and i'm i'm yeah again that's why we do this rewatch films and like i'm this movie jumped quite a bit yeah so i was very blown away the first time i didn't, i the only i no one really gave me terrible comparisons like your friends and <laughs> Um, Joe's everybody calling just, everybody out. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I do. That's literally, I think, why I get brought into things. I watch things <laughs> a lot and I'll talk shit. Um, but anyway, so all I really told was like, oh, it's great. So I went in and I was just kind of like, all right, sure it is. This is a movie that if other directors make is like a no-brainer one for many, many other people. I really love this movie and it kind of the restraint and patience of this movie pays off so well. And I, I I just fucking love it so much. It's, it's smart. It's, it's, it's pacing is slow without being slow. It's always moving. It just is very procedural. It's just such a stupid word here, but it's the only one I can think of pace. And, um, and I, I think song is just through the roof in this movie. 
this is an incredible sophomore film. I, it's absurd, it's absurd, masterful. It is it, the way, and we've talked about humor in film and the juxtaposition of of this like dark comedy that he's doing with incredibly grisly things. But like Adam brought up, the freaking police officer falling down just before you see a murdered woman, and it's it says so much in that like one scene because we see at the beginning Song Kang Ho's character trying to create a perimeter around this um oh. around this crime scene the the police officer falling and then somebody just driving straight through and ruining the evidence and you're like oh okay so everybody's goddamn incompetent here and they didn't have to have somebody in the background turn and say wow i really wish our police force knew what they were doing which is i feel like most movies would do especially nowadays they he trusted us so much that he thought i don't need to say a single thing everybody will understand from this what is happening and if you don't get it that's fine this movie might not be for you i appreciate the I appreciate how much he trusts his audience to to understand what was happening and also frame everything so beautifully. It's just a gorgeous film to look at. The bringing, you know, setting us up with Song's character and, you know, like the the local detective and then bringing in the more scientifically trained and watching that relationship if Bond decided instead of making all these other wonderful masterpieces, he just followed those two around for the 80s, I would have fucking been in watching them fight. Like, and even the scene where you learn that, you know, who learned, who knows English and who doesn't, just their different approach to doing things, who's read lab report, like everything. And again, like you said, Song's character isn't like, I don't under-, he just said, what is, you know, he's just like, what does this say as he's worrying about the gun? And it's, just everything's so fucking smart in this. Again, this is the fact that this isn't number one. Kind of is still, and I stand by where this is, and I, I, I we all have it right here. But it doesn't almost make sense because of how good it is. The fact that's the second movie doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I was so glad you brought up the the partner. That that's where I was going to go next. And I think this is the movie that I think tackles class in the most subtle of ways. Um, yes. And there's a there's a particular moment um, later in the film uh, where they and, and I, you know, content warning for anybody listening. Um, so maybe skip ahead 10 seconds if you don't want to hear this. But it's the moment where the the uh, the um, oh, God, I, the, I can't even think of the right word. The um, the guy who's doing the autopsy. Um, goes that there's something uh, the, the medical examiner thank you that's exactly that's that's the very smart way of saying what i said so maybe skip um, ahead another 10 yeah, another 10 seconds from here um <laughs> when uh, he says there's something in, in in the vagina and that it's a peach pit and it all comes out so oh. i i know i know but then song king ho goes do you see this thing in kind of thing in so often and the guy goes never it's this what it's this thing where clearly what joy what you've mentioned right that there's there's the local this is how we get by we fucking drop kick people and use shitty old police tactics versus like I'm going to come in and investigate and ask questions and observe but then this moment brings them together and it's it's really great where it's like doesn't matter where the fuck you are this shit is fucked up anywhere and it it's it's right. it's a really tough but important unification of those guys um because it, it's the the brutality has sort of been uh more clearly brought to light at that moment that peach pit scene it makes me 
it made me so uncomfortable rewatching this and it was my husband's first time watching it and he kept asking me have you have you not seen this before and it was like it doesn't matter if i've seen this before this is the most this is horrific to watch <laughs> I, I i don't care who you are it's it it is that was that scene made me so uncomfortable i'm so glad you brought that up because it was a point where the two of them did find some type of common ground and it led us to the end to the incredible end um it where it built to the correct place and you could believe where they ended up in that tunnel with the suspect number three it god i love this movie and the peach scene is not rushed it is the most patient scene you have to sit there with these two detectives seeing this unfold in their eyes as they're as they're as as they're as uncomfortable as you are, like nothing. It's it's not just like what's in there, and then they cut to nine pieces. It's it's no. We have to sit there. We have to hear each piece go into the metal container, and it is, it's viscerally <laughs> devastating. But then it brings them together, and that really, like you said, it brings us to the just fantastic ending. Ah. Uh. And the 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 patience when it's so funny when he wants to do it. Like there's the there's the scene where they make the the first suspect who clearly is clearly the the victim of just terrible police tactics. Yeah. Oh my of course. god. But they, awful. they fabricate evidence. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh but when Dr. they they, they, take, they take him out to the woods and they make him sort of describe what was happening. And and that's a very long scene. They I mean it lasts a good couple of minutes. But then there's the scene where uh they're trying to track down the postcard that the that has been sent into the police station and it's like we get a call. Oh, it's they don't know where it is. Our new detective is there looking through the trash, and then he's at the uh, the uh, the um. God damn it! Um, where all the garbage goes? Uh, the the garbage dump. dump? The, the, well, the dump. But yeah, that was land, landfill. Um, that landfill. was where I was thinking of. Oh um, my god! Yes. But and it's just like it's like a couple of quick shots, but it clearly tells the progression of just the links that. Like that's our lead. We got like that was the thing that we needed to find, and it and it's great. He's patient when he wants to be, and he's not when he needs to be, and it's it's yeah. it's just great. And, and and again, the sophomoric nature of the like the fact that this is just it. Like that's it's crazy. He also does a very interesting thing with all of the, especially the three main detectives that we have. We have um, you know Song Kang Ho, who is the 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 gritty kind of like not quite so up to par um detective the gut he's all by his gut i can yeah tell, yeah I can he's all by his gut face. look in my eyes i can tell if you look in my eyes we have the detective from out of town from seoul and then we have the the detective who ends up losing his leg um who drop kicks everybody and um i was really on board with all the drop kicks i'm gonna be perfectly honest like drop kicks forever Bro, listen i police need to do more drop kicks Stop. Just drop kick fucking everybody. Drop kick, it makes drop the world a better forever. place. Bunch of really loves drop, drop kicks. Like, <laughs> he really he loves a lot of kicks. his movies. And um. so do I. I man, the one drop kick down the hill and everybody's like it's just it's, it's so good. So... I've rewatched it like 18 times cuz I love it so much. I'm going to get that like tattooed across my chest. It's amazing. Oh my god, will you just please? The... I would be so happy for, if you had that for tattoo. the pod. For the pod. For the pod. Perfect. Yeah, we totally have that in the budget, right? Totally as have long that. As, in you, the budget. as long as you get your uh, boyfriend meatloaf tattooed, well, that's. How fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> 
then just for shits and giggles what i'm gonna get right here is gonna it's gonna say joker and then imdb number one right below it like, that's <laughs> Amazing, amazing, cool. Good. It was. It's been good doing this podcast. But I guess I'm gonna take these headphones off and I'm done. Um, peace out. Um, no. But what I was gonna say was just that they um they frame them all differently with um Song Kang Ho the gut. He it's a lot of like right in his face when he's doing Close things. Up, yep. With um the other detective, he's only brought into the foreground. Like he's only brought forward if he's like actually has an input in the scene otherwise he's usually just in the background and he's like not uh thinking he's yeah he's usually like blurry in the background to be honest he's not in focus and then when it comes to the guy who loses his leg he is all like internal rage and he's all violence and so when he is about to do something violent he is center he is almost always center and it's such a great way to like just consistently showcase these characters anyways continue on joey sorry i just wanted to get that in yeah no and i mean your actual good point well said <laughs> i was gonna say it's really funny that the guy with the, who keeps drop kicking everybody loses a leg like he lost his whole gimmick he did he did but maybe he can just do a one-legged drop kick now but everything's a drop kick now <laughs> um and, and well, I, I know i brought up seven early on um, sorry, we're still laughing about drop kicks. I know, I know. Um, and and now that I and when I watched it the second time, uh, when they when they when they have their main suspect and they they go to the factory to see him, I was like, well, the wrong Fincher film was given to me because that this is more like Zodiac of anything. Oh, it's totally Zodiac. That's <laughs> what it was compared to me. This is the Zodiac one to one. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and so that's you know and when we get the the last suspect and and the and, and everything's really coming together not not in terms of like they have it nailed down but the the rain and the song and the postcard and the place and and everything i mean and don't get me wrong there are some the like hands the guy going out to masturbate in the where the, the the scene takes place like you know and that's that's pretty questionable behavior so you know it yeah like i mean a, like a I would say fair suspect to bring in, but then again, like this, the say it this way, you know, like, like a movie, like it's just oh, the, yeah. and even like there, there's a moment where you think maybe Song Kang Ho is going to turn the court. Like maybe he, some of this good police work is going to rub off on him. And it's just like, <laughs> nope, not even a little but bit. But his part works with, 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 with the, um, with the field masturbator. It works because he catches him. He sees the underwear. He's, he's observant where, so like, that's where yes. the, the soul detective is, gives him like credit like oh you saw i didn't see that so you know it's just it's them really building up that like okay we're kind of two pieces of a whole here well and you really see it come together at the end because um they both are in the same they, they both are in the same place where the detective from seoul he's ready to to give out his own justice because he's so positive and it's Song Kang Ho's character that comes down and says, you can do this, but we need to make sure we have this. You know, like this is going to prove that we're right. And it's inconclusive, which is just so it is such a gut punch. But at the same time, you think, oh, thank God. Um, thank God he's not going to do it. And I, I don't know if either of you did um, over, found this in the research, but this is actually loosely based on a real serial killing. Yeah. Um, oh, I've read a lot about that guy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Which is so so fucked up. Okay, and, he I watched mean, it was, the film. Yeah, he did. 
he did watch the film. Um, he wasn't, they didn't know until 2019, though. So when the time, at the time of this being, you know, released, they didn't have an answer. And uh, Bong Joon-ho talked about how at that time, you know, he grew up when this was happening and it was just so clear that the police had no idea what they were doing and that they weren't going to be able to protect anybody and they weren't going to be able to stop this. And he wanted to show that. And I say more power to you. Please continue to show incompetence where it is, because this I think this is a really important movie. It's it's beautiful. It's heartbreaking. And also, I do think that Bong Joon-ho, um, for the subject matter that it is, which is really hard, he showed a lot of discretion. You know, like, yes. we didn't see people raped or murdered. We didn't see, we didn't watch, like, they could have done it, like, gone into, this is going to be really graphic, and I apologize. They didn't show the vagina when they're pulling the peach pit out. There was there were shots of like, oh, this is this is a dead person, but they didn't it didn't feel glorified. And I I truly appreciated that. I felt like there was respect there for what the subject matter was. Right. And then unlike a piece of shit this year that came out blonde, where if that that clown made it, it would have been like an inside out peach removal, just nonsense. So like it it just shows the difference of like Heightened competence and mastery versus Joey. A I'm so with fucking mad at you right now. Why did you? Why? <laughs> Can we just have a rage episode about Blonde, <laughs> please? As long as I don't have to watch it again, because I'm not. Oh God, I'm not no, doing no. It. We're just gonna. This is the, that's the episode where we each get a beer, um, and then just sit and drink a couple beers and and talk about how shit that movie was and how fucking oh. offensive it is. Yes. And I apologize for bringing it up, but the point is correct. <laughs> um, now, now, I, I, I do want to say that the 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 moments by the train track when it's in the rain, the inconclusive, that all that, that's great. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you right now what keeps this movie from being number two is the actual end of the film. the The end of the film where we're in the future and Song Kang Ho is a businessman and he goes back to the first drainage pipe i don't like it i really don't like it and it feels unnecessary and and i i just i'm not a fan of it do you dislike the whole future thing yeah like do you like even him with the family like all of it like you wanted ending in the rain and well I, it's not that i want the ending in the rain but i think the ending that we no, got but what we have yeah i just it, okay yeah i just I don't know. I it doesn't for me. It doesn't add anything. It doesn't. It it. it I don't know. It, it's a weird note to. And I really. I. Re <laughs> I'm channeling my inner Ian here. I don't like the look at camera at the end either. It doesn't. I, doesn't work for me. <laughs> I fully disagree with you, and that's okay. I think we're gonna disagree on a lot in this episode, which is what makes it exciting. I actually and like the look at the camera. I, normally, that's not something that works for me, but here, be, and I actually don't. I didn't love it, but I don't hate it because, like, I just love the idea of somebody trying, seemingly moving on, but still so attached, tethered to something that's always going to kind of drive them insane and just knowing that it's still there, like, beating him. Like, that's, that's, you know, and it's, 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 it's kind of back to that idea that's much subtler of, like, barking dogs don't bite that just, like, thing in the back of your head that you can't get away from. So that's why I like the look into the camera where... I thought it was done well here. Yeah, I second that. I think you said it beautifully. 
So you're wrong, Adam. Sorry. <laughs> and yet, and yet, it's still all our number threes. Yep, it is. So there we go. Yeah, it's a fucking good movie. It, oh, it really God, is. now I want to go rewatch it again. <laughs> well, uh, maybe we should get to. I think which is time we need to get it. We'll get to number twos here. So, uh, <laughs> my number two. Um, is a movie that takes place on a train that needs to keep Ugh. moving. Um, and it's it's called Snowpiercer. Uh, Joey, what is your number two? Is it <laughs> debating making a switch right now? Fuck, I can't. Snowpiercer. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say, whoa. Okay, let's let's talk about it. You guys have fun talking about it. I don't, I just don't really have much to say about this one. I can't love this movie more. The fact that all this different worlds exist in this train and such a layered history given to us throughout a journey through train cars shouldn't work. I don't know how when this was pitched people didn't laugh at him. I think it's fucking fantastic, and anything that's ending with a, a calmly deranged Ed Harris makes me so happy. <laughs> Ed Harris is great. I'm totally on board with him in this movie. Uh, I think this is Song and Co. best father-daughter performance by Miles. Um, I fucking love them, and I love the thought-outness, and I don't know how, if you were in those little prisons, you don't lose your minds in 30 seconds well and i think i i mean part of what i like about it too is this is the the need for wanting to it's the social climbing the like almost the literal social climbing through, through literally the, yeah. the, the depart uh the, the part yeah the, the compartments of the train um and just like a a, a small thing like i i in the, when the credits start, we start with the designers first. We start with maybe the people who would like when we think about or not we, but like when other people think about the movies. Oh, it's the actors first and then maybe the director, if you know who it is, and then the writer and then maybe some of the design. But like I loved kind of the way that we we kind of skipped over the actors to start and we're just kind of going with the people who helped make the film. Um, I liked I liked seeing Park Chan-wook uh, as a producer on the film. Um, great. And I just, I think, like, it's such an ambitious film, and I really love, like, just even from, like, the film, the filmmaking standpoint, like, I, I loved when we got to a new car. Like, just literally the the presentation of the world of the train that we got to see. Um, and this is a movie where some of those bigger performances uh, work for me. Um, Tilda in this movie works for me. Um, uh, the the uh Ewan Bremner who's in like all the Danny Boyle films um like work like really works for me uh and I, I just think everybody in the film gets and I and honestly I like seeing Chris Evans do something a little different than his Captain America persona I I, I really thought he was he was fun to watch in this as well yeah I, I thought Chris Evans was great in this and I, I just think so much it must have been so f- frustratingly fun for Bong Joon to have to film him and not have the fact that he's huge be a constant reminder that he's starving. So, like, I like that they got away with that. Because, I mean, he's, like, 6'2", two, two, whatever. Um, he's a big dude. But I also really like Jamie Bell in here. Um, I, I thought sure, he brought yeah. a different energy that... I actually really liked everybody here. As I'm talking, I was like, oh, I'm just going to name everybody. I thought everyone did phenomenally. I just... 
you know, the just the complete fuck up that got us here and how everything ends. I just, I really think this is a, just a really good movie. I've never seen the TV show. I imagine it's way drawn out. But Jennifer Connelly's in it, I think, so I'm sure it's fucking cool. But I, this movie's too good for me to delve into that. For me, my biggest issue with this film is I think that he's treading on um, themes that he's done better in other movies. Um especially in a movie we've yet to talk about. And I've said this before, I think Bong Joon-ho is best when he's using realism and height and making it like heightening that. And in this, I just, the whole thing felt like I was playing a video game and that didn't really land for me. I got a lot of um, Bioshock vibes from it for some reason, which I love Bioshock, but like there's What's a whole Bioshock? part- Bioshock is a um, it's it's a video game it's from it's a it's a pretty old video game and in it there's like the creator of the whole place Andrew Ryan there's like different videos that you can watch about him and the video about uh, that they watch while they're in the um, the train car with the children is very reminiscent of that and so it was just one of those things that I I didn't get on board with the concept from the beginning. I was like, yes, I get it. Capitalism sucks. It's really bad. And I I totally 100% agree with you. Let's let's try to move up that train, but it for me it just didn't land and I um I actually was one of the few people that went and saw this in the cinema. I was really really excited to watch it. Um they were playing it at SIF, which is where I go see a lot of movies. And neither my husband and I were that into it. Not saying it's a bad movie. Like it's it's a good movie. I I it's fun, but I just it's just not for me. I'll probably not I probably won't watch it again after this. Yeah, I will definitely watch this movie. And I think but there is there's also like for me the um there's also just some great like fight choreo and 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 sort oh, of stuff. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I lo- like when we get in the in the dark part of the train and they. Oh, that's amazing. I I just think that's 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 real. But like, and there's moment. It's great because like the way that they use the little barricade early on to get through, and they recognize that there's no bullets in those first guns. It's they've built up this confidence that, and it's it's so funny because I. I know that this it's it's very fantastical the idea of the train that needs to keep going because the out the outside is is it's it's uninhabitable. But the way in which I I see them go through the train, I I totally I just I buy the world. And then and then a movie where we keep getting the you know the what the protein bars are made of and and uh, how the train literally is still kind of moving and. Um, that there's some and even even the internal storylines of the characters who were cutting off their own limbs to to keep people from cannibalism and um and the story of the the Chris Evans Jamie Bell connection in the in the movie like it's it's heavy handed at times but I still like it it's a different it's a different shade for Chris Evans which is I think is why it it works for me a little bit more you know I'm I'm all bored with this movie and it just <laughs> it's just uh, because again uh, you know Adam like you said it, it's just buying into the world like I'm the because, you know you start you're just in this just the back of the train and it's awful and it's cramped and as it, it literally just like opens up and expands to the point where now at other points the whole wall is just glass and they're shooting across through because it's all so <laughs> glass like it's amazing like and it just you know when they come in and they start measuring kids like everything is so brutal for them and you're just rooting for them but the numbers just keep 
going in the wrong direction. And when the whole payoff happens, I've seen this movie many, many times. I'm going to see this movie many, many more times. And I, I, I react. This, I'm still like, holy shit. I'm going to read this verbatim from my notes. Um, if outside is as cold as they say, dot, 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 why? Why are they shooting into the glass? Um, and that's basically how I felt throughout that entire scene. Uh, I think, it, like I said, it's a great scene. Uh, it's a great movie. I like the the brutal fight scenes. I love when Chris Evans um, slips on a fish. I think that's wonderful as he <laughs> slips on a fish in, fl- in slow-mo. And um, and I, I, I get what they're saying, but it's so heavy-handed to me that it, it made it difficult for me to enjoy and I, full disclosure, I waited until the last second to watch this movie. And by the last second, I mean, I watched it today because I was like, <laughs> maybe it's going to change my mind. And it just didn't. And that's OK. Like, I, I respect both of you for enjoying this film. And I wish I could enjoy it as much as you both seem to. It's just and it, and it should be a film I like. Like, it really has all the everything for it. But I found it really melodramatic. Like his monologue is too melodramatic. And I got to be honest, in the cinema, when he says the line, I know that babies taste best, both my husband and I started laughing <laughs> and people around us gave us scathing looks. It was, it was so melodramatic. It, you know, you know what? But it, it, it totally is. It absolutely is melodramatic. I mean, I, I would not argue that point at all. And and maybe, and maybe it's just how we get there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think for the journey to get to that point, and maybe the it's because it's right before he meets Ed Harris that we get this revelation. And and maybe it's just this like, is it was it was all all of this, not just not just the going through through the compartments, but everything on the train worth where we are right now. And, and oh, don't, totally. Don't get me wrong. That's one of those out of context lines that is pretty pretty fucking hysterical. Pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I definitely I'm hard with Joey on this one. And that's totally fair. And again, this is my number seven, but it's still a good movie. Like, I don't think there are any movies on this personally that isn't a good movie. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's let's let, go Bong Joon-ho. You're you're doing a good job <laughs> with these with these films. Also, Joey, are you so you're gonna have the drop kick um, as a chess piece? Are you gonna get Snowpiercer on your back? As in, is, is it just gonna like snake around your your like body? Uh, yeah, it's just gonna be Chris Evans looking super perfect. Handsome. Are you gonna have a bubble that says the baby's taste best? <laughs> uh, that's gonna be, that's gonna be implied. I'm not gonna be heavy handed about it, but I, everyone okay, will cool. know what the best quote Good. of the movie is. Good, and it will really let you know why the. Why, why what happens to Jamie Bell is just so heart, so heartbreaking. Yeah, that makes sense. I like this. Um, I, I approve. So, Britt, why don't you, why don't you tell us what your number two is? Oh, yeah, no problem. It's Mother. <laughs> yep, and I, I get it. It's okay. This is going to be another host, and I get it. I'm fine with it. I've accepted nope. it. No. that it's at number six for some of you so uh it's just one of me and it's six just, and five just 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 this guy it's five for me um but five up are movies i love oh totally no i'm just i'm just giving you shit um i don't care you can think whatever you want of mother because it's not going to change my opinion of it because it's i i love this movie 
Well, the opening is uh, fucking amazing. I, it's I incredible. Love it's so fantastic. Much. It's so bizarre and surreal, and the the actress who is playing the mother is incredible. Especially just what she's doing, how when she looks out and and her hand is like hidden when the title screen comes on, it's just bonkers amazing. I I love everything about it. I think this might be, and why I had it at five, not six. No, I'm joking, but I I think this might be my favorite shot movie of his. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Everything feels like a fucking picture and a landscape. And it's just, it's a little bit of a different part of Korea than he's brought us to before. And I just think it's beautiful. And some of the shots just really get me. Everything is so intentional in this film. Um, It, I just, man, I've watched it a couple of times because I think it's a really difficult watch. And it, it sucks me in. It really does. And and there are flaws to this film and I accept that and that's okay. It still make it it's still one that I will come back to multiple times. Well, I'm I've been waiting for like an hour for Adam's big Yeah. Big yeah, big I, Adam, I wanna to know. Because because I'm curious because I'm curious. Me too. Okay, so I, I, I kinda want I, I gotta find it. I gotta find it in my notes. Um Okay. So he, so I'm I'm watching the movie, and I, I want you to know that like until we get to the part, we, until we get to this moment, I'm I'm so into this movie. I I think the way the the, the relationship between this mother and son is really interesting. Um, the way I mean, wh- I, one of my favorite scenes in any of these movies is when uh, she thinks it's the friend, and the friend gets pissed, and then but the friend helps her sort of kick the shit out of these high school kids. I was like, I thought this was really like, what a great team up moment. I I, love it. Trust me. I, I was so into this movie. Um, And then, so, uh, so it's the scene spoilers uh, where mother is having the conversation with the man who she got the umbrella from. This is now who she believes, right? right I, she believes yes. at this moment that yes. this is this is the guy who actually killed this this girl. And so, but then we we get what we get his we get his perspective. We get the man's perspective, where it's really the son. And I I have a hard time. This is, I think, one of the weakest written parts of any of Bong Joon-ho's movies because the only reason why this is a twist and a revelation is because Bong chose not to show that clip earlier. Like, the son is following her, he decides not to, and then the next thing, we're at home, and we're just, we're kind of conveniently left out of that moment. And I I actually don't like that in storytelling. I think, and I think a lot of movies... A lot of movies use that as a thing where it's like, it's a twist because we just chose to not give you it then. And in a, in, an, in an otherwise really great, great, lovely movie that kind of stuck out. And like, and then, cause then the movie, cause like that, that moment, I, I gotta be honest. I hate that moment. I fucking really hate it. But then the movie gets great again where, um, the son gives, what is it? He gives her, um, the, the, what is it? The box with the, the acupuncture yes. for he gets. Yeah. And so, and then she's just fucking distraught. And then we get that, uh, sorry, now I'm jumping over the, the lovely ending on the bus. <laughs> um, so, but 
like I gotta I gotta be honest, that moment does so much damage for me. I just and and I'm and I, and I don't I'm not Bong Joon Ho. I don't know what the better way to do it is, but I didn't I didn't like it. I felt like it's just we it, yeah it it felt it felt and I hate to even say this and I can't wait for you two to hop on me with this. I, it felt cheap. It felt like a cheap out. So um. okay, <laughs> let me. Go, go the for first it. time the first time I watched this movie, that part took me out of it and I actually said, Oh, this is a bad ending. But then I rewatched it and that, that was incorrect because of that scene. I I, I think I, I everything that happens with him it makes sense, but like there has to be another scene somewhere to pay that off a little bit better. Because literally the first time I watched this, I was like, Oh, this is Bong's worst ending, and it is aggressively not. But that scene hurt it for me, and that's why it's something that I love and not higher. Because, like, that could have taken it over. I think if that was fixed, this is easily over Okja. I, I, I mean, and again, this is where it's like, we can't change the movies that we have, but, like, Mother was riding high for so long, and I, I just... It's fantastic. Yeah. And it's such it's such an interesting way of looking at like this mother-son relationship and you know especially when he shares his memories of the past I won't spoil anything but that's so devastating and and it all like you just you want to like you want to just kind of hug them both even though whatever you know and that scene just doesn't fit it's just, I don't know I don't, I don't know but there's just so much good in this movie, and that's really the the only really negative I have to say because I do think it's the best shot. I said that though. <laughs> so I I think for me, um, because I, I think what you're saying is completely valid. I I truly do. I can see where you're coming from. It it is for me. It doesn't ruin the movie for me at all because I think that the the twist in this movie is the fact it is what happens between her and her son, and I think that there is enough in the movie for us to think she actually might think that he did it and is trying to figure out no 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 he can't have done this I have to find a reason I have to find somebody else somebody else has to be the one that that did this and when she talks to the junk man and the junk man is telling her what he saw I'm not sure if it's necessarily what he saw or how she is seeing this now and going like because she she's known the whole time I think that she I think I at least interpreted it that she knows her son. She knew the whole time that he had done something like this. That's why she's so adamantly trying to get him off and trying to convince herself that he wasn't capable of this. And that's why at the end she she breaks because she knows somebody else also knows the secret and she can't let that out. So I interpreted it that it was her like learning what was happening. That's why it was shown through glass I actually love how it was shot I love the fact that we only see it from inside the building we're never quite let into the world um world outside so that's how I interpreted it and I think both interpretations are fine and valid I I think I love everything about this reveal to be perfectly honest I I I really do and I think it builds to the perfect place it goes exactly where it needs to go in this film and I think that the her performance is what really drives this this movie home for me 
Well, I, she's great. Yeah, I agree on the performance. I think she's she's phenomenal in the movie. I think it's 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 a great performance. It, like I was like in a Bong Joon Ho movie, but just in any movie. Um, yeah. And and I I think and and kind of hearing the way that you were talking about it, I I think you're. It's not even the. I love the that it's this guy who's sort of telling what he saw. It's not even the um, how the reveal happens. I just think. The, the scene of him, the scene of the son following the girl, I don't know. And now I'm trying to fix a movie that I do actually really enjoy, which is which is kind of a bunch of bullshit. But um, there's just something about the way in which that the scene of him following her early in the movie and then the the story, it just, those two, they don't click. Because I do, I do actually think, the, and the way that you were talking about that scene being shot, the rock kind of going, we can't see, the wall's there and everything. Totally agree. The way that that's shot and handled is great. There's just something about the connection of those two scenes that for me is just, it, the dots, it's like going from one to four. I, I need some more dots in there. I need two and three. And I don't totally. know what those dots are. <laughs> and I, but I'm, totally. not, I'm not Bong. Bong made a good movie still. I really do like this movie still. This this one doesn't get talked about enough. It's like somehow it's it's because it is again. It's really good. Just one stupid thing. So you know we have to rank things. We have to make decisions. So that's <laughs> yeah. You, know, you have you have to decide why one thing is better than the other, and you know that's all right. It's still really fucking good, and I love it. I would recommend this to anybody. But it's definitely well outside of barking dogs, but it's definitely as least talked about, and I don't know why that is. I think it's the subject matter. Honestly, I think it's really, really hard subject matter. Um, and, you know, it is it's a, a movie about an older woman, which is not something that most people gravitate towards. And I really appreciate the fact that he managed to make such a complicated movie about a relationship, a very codependent relationship, bordering obsessive oh, yeah. relationship between a mother and a son. And I, We're past the border. It is. It's really uncomfortable to watch. I will also say another fun fact. So the actress who plays the um, the mother is like the quintessential mom in Korean dramas. So she's kind of like Carol Brady would be for us um, or for, you know, older generations. So seeing her in this film for audiences who are familiar with her um, was really jarring because this was such a departure from the caring mother that she always was seen as. And if there's just something about this film. That's so cool. It's really cool. And I love the fact that he actually had um, the idea for this movie in 2004. uh, I believe it was 2004. Maybe even before then. Maybe it was 2001. I can't remember. But when he met her and she was always at the forefront, she was always the person he wanted to play this role. So she actually had a hand in the things that that happened in the movie and and how things were portrayed so that they were at her strengths. And I really appreciate that type of collaboration. And it's nice to see an, an older woman who's not just delegated as like the hag in a film. You know, she's she's a mother who's trying to to help her son that she also tried to um you know unalive at some point in her life so it's 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 really heavy subject matter I think you're totally right I think that if they had potentially cut that scene or even just had it that he glanced at her as she walked past him on his way home it would have been a little bit more compelling potentially but it also doesn't pull me out of the film like it really doesn't for me at all 
Well, I, I would love to keep the train going of things that Bong likes to do in his movies. Uh, there's still a drop kick. There's a drop kick in this movie. <gasps> there is. I have that written down too. <laughs> drop kicks forever. I, I don't know that I ever want to see a movie without a drop kick again. No. Um, and that if th- they're not, let's just cut him, cut in <laughs> Song Kang Ho jumping, jump kicking somebody downhill into every single film. That's fine. We'll just pop it in there somewhere. Perfect. Just that's that's the. That's that's just that's the production company that has to make all movies. Just him all movies. dropping down that hill. I should have Freaking I should have amazing. ended with the drop kick because then the second thing I was going to say is that even though they're not spraying uh, pesticide, we definitely hear about insecticide and that we sure do. That's that's un, that's oh, un, yeah. that's unfortunate. Um, and that and I think that that's what makes that relationship so compelling is the 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 you know her botching that moment and then on top of. On top of just being a parent, like now you're now you have this guilt and you have this guilt of like trying to keep your son on like keep your son like out of out of harm, you know, and 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 it's it's trust me, I think I think that the relationship in this is so great and her performance is great. And I I, I disagree with the best shot of the movies because we haven't talked about my favorite yet. But um, but it's yeah, but it comes gorgeous. It's a gorgeously it's shot. movie. So beautiful. Um, And I love the sick like. I usually don't like when movies kind of start at a moment and then we kind of we get the same thing again. But when we when when she was walking through and we and then I kind of realized where we were, I was like, oh, okay, I like this. I I, I did. I was I was okay with that. I I totally agree. I usually really don't like that. Another movie that I keep on bringing up Michael Clayton, but they do the same thing in Michael Clayton where it starts in one place and then it comes around to it. And when I first watched Mother, I remember thinking, how is she in this place? What got her here? And then everything happens. She wrenches the guy. She burns the place down and she goes up and she starts dancing. And I was like, this isn't accurate. This is accurate. She we watched her end up in this place and I and so on board with it it's it is a it is a tough movie to watch but i i love it i really do it's great that's why it's my number two it's only number five and i love i know it, so. I, I i really wish it was higher i do also the slut shaming is just deplorable at the beginning when uh when we see the the body and they make a comment about her being loose and they're like, "Well, she's loose." And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? She's she's dead. She's a dead schoolgirl. Are we really going to start this?" But it's nice to see that it's just slut shaming is is a worldly thing. I made a rigor mortis joke there that did not land. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, def- I, I definitely wasn't listening for it. Me neither. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All good. No, 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 no. Not here. When I watched it oh. with my wife. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, I'm, I was like, okay, let's be real. Like, I, I studied forensic anthropology. I've done a lot of, like, research into this kind of stuff, oh. and I didn't hear anything. So I feel like, gosh, I really missed it. Well, and I think, I, you know... I, the police tactics here aren't necessarily great either, but I, I think oh, no. I think that the other thing that this movie does, and and you know you mentioned the slut shaming. The other thing that this movie does is it does, and and you know again, sorry, content warning, but this movie is not afraid of calling this character retarded and putting it right in your face. No. Um, yeah. And 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 I, this was oh nine, um, so I I can't speak really about this, but like. I definitely grew up in the middle school, high school era where we 
casually just toss that around. And it felt oh, yeah. that's what it, it it definitely felt like like well it didn't it didn't feel like that so much because it, it was so purposeful when it was used. Like I it dare you to call yeah. him this and see what happens. And that, you know, it was it was put into the show. That that leads to a drop kick. A very um uh uh, justified drop kick, I would Absolutely. say. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No better well, time I, than there to drop kick someone's ass. I actually did want to ask you two. Um, so in the um in the translation that you both saw, did it say retarded? It it because yes, yeah. Because in the translation that I saw, and every other version that I had seen previously had said that. Um, which, you know, I also grew up in a time where people were casually using that. And it's just it, I felt like it was fucked up then. And I st- don't do that. Just don't fucking do that, people. But um, it, it, it's they said dumbass in the version that I saw. So somebody retooled it. And I was like, huh, OK. So so either they were trying to censor it some or they incorrectly used that term prior to this i wasn't quite sure i didn't have enough time to go into research on that but yeah there there was one dumbass but there was mostly retard in the version that i saw it was dumbass instead for like multiple there was one dumbass i'm trying to think exactly where it was but it stood out because i was like oh that's interesting but no the rest of the time it was it was the hard hard retard yeah right there Oh, yes. I, so I'm I'm just quickly skimming through notes. I did I did think it again. And no, not this wasn't funny, but again, like this was very like a uh, a, a funny little uh, like homage, I guess, when he would call them the temples of doom. Uh, that was great. I thought that was great. I thought that was another nice little little thing in the movie. Um, um, I I also thought if I were curating a film festival, I would totally want to do this in a double feature, um, with Eraserhead. <laughs> I think they would pair yeah, so well this, together. Eraserhead mother and Aronofsky's mother. Just no real fun day. No, nobody needs to watch Aronofsky's mother. Not no. <laughs> no but at least this mother with it. I just was like, oh, we have a father and son, a mother and son. We need some brothers in there somewhere, you know. We'll do a whole family family feature. Well, um, I, 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 are we, I, I mean, we got, we got one film left folks. Um, and, uh, it's really the film that put bong. I mean, really, really into the, the spotlight. Uh, and, and that's, that's, that's a little movie called Parasite. Um, who, who wants to, who wants to start on Parasite? I'll start quick because I, you know, like I said, we recently did a Best Picture Cast episode, so I'm on the record for three hours about how much I love this fucking masterpiece. This is one of my favorite movies in the past really long time. It's probably ever. Um, yeah. It's just a memorable... Every time, I, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, wow. And then I watch it again, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's so many more... There's so much more to this. And I think... You know, when we talk about, like, the gen- genre shifts, this... This ends, and then there's a whole nother, just wonderful movie shifting. It's you. You can never, you can never settle. You never know, even when you think you know. And it's, it's smart. It's wonderful. Everyone absolutely is just through the roof. And God, I can't say 
I can't say enough positives about this movie. The genre shifting in this film is seamless. It is so good. Every time I watch it, I am just in awe of this movie. I forget how good it is until I watch it again. And I have written in my notes, like, this is Bong Joon-ho's best movie. And then I said, I think quite possibly this is like the best movie I've ever seen. It is genuinely so good. Everything works in this movie. It is it is so clean, so concise. And when I said earlier that I feel like Snowpiercer has a ton of themes that are tread on like better in other movies, it's this movie. The it, the, the themes are so similar. And if we're going to either watch Snowpiercer or Parasite, my God, I'm going to watch Parasite because I prefer the way that the themes are handled. Yeah, I so when I was putting this list together I, and I'll be honest, like I think given more watches like a two through five or sorry two through six could could easily be rearranged i mean honestly i have no allegiance to, sure. to two through six in any real way sorry the host will always be the host but parasite That's fine was uh but parasite was always there and so i i watched this was the last movie i watched because i i kind of always knew where it was gonna land i watched it uh friday morning i, I kids were kids went off to school i watched it and then I got done and I had I had some I had to clean up the downstairs. We had some guests come over. And so I'm cleaning and I'm just thinking about the movie. And yeah, I had I, two two thoughts kept consistently running through my head, which was I I I just think that I, I I've there's no there's no such thing as a perfect anything. I I, I genuinely don't, there's no perfect anything. You know, there I it just doesn't exist. And anything that's perfect is really just up to us. Like, oh, that's this is a, like a perfect film. And there are so, in my opinion, there are so few of those. Um, yeah. But I, I, I genuinely believe this to be one of those perfect films. And then the other thought that I had is, I, and again, this, maybe this is, this is not true, but I feel like fewer and fewer movies are being made that really are, that are going to stand the test of time. I've watched so many movies that have come out in 2022 and 2023 that in four months, nobody is going to give a, fuck about like there's nobody is going to talk about Renfield or nobody's going to talk about the covenant in 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 four months nobody's going to do it but like Parasite and and like we're getting close to its five like its five-year win and like reevaluation time and it's one of like it's really one of the like 21st century best picture winners where it's like you don't even have to think about it it just it is it is absolutely and if you haven't seen it it's one of those things where it's like it is absolutely as good as you have heard it to be and yes and and everything about there being no loose ends and everything tying together I think my one of my favorite moments of this movie uh where where like you you just know how tight this screenplay is is when um the the park um there's the kims in the parks the kims are the lower class parks upper class this is just for anybody who's listening who doesn't know when the the park mother is explaining what happened to her son eating the birthday cake and seeing the eyes and then when it's his when the when the birthday moment is happening and uh the the guy in the basement has come up and the son sees him and you get that reaction it's one of those things where it's like Oh fuck that! That's right. Like it's not just that there's a crazy guy here. This is his fucking ghost. This is the guy that nobody believed, thought existed, and now he's fucking here. Oh, I. It's just it. It was so good. There's another moment like that, but I'm gonna stop talking for a second. 
that shot of when she is explaining what happened to her son eating the food that the noodle, which is I, I looked it up, the noodles that she's eating. It's like a very like quote unquote low class meal oh, the that she's putting. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, that she's putting like Korean steak on top of, which is extremely expensive like it is more expensive than anything that you could get imported so it's it what a what a great moment uh just first off saying that and then just you just see his eyes terrifying that is such a terrifying shot it's perfect i love it i will watch that shot forever it is set up so well everything in this movie is set up well everything he thought this through so well. And I just got to be honest, I have a question for you both. Who do you think is the smartest person in this movie? And why is it Jessica? Because <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jessica. Just drinking the Patron right before shit hits the fan. Jessica's knows what's up. If we had unsung heroes in this movie, it would be fucking Jessica because, my God, I am obsessed with her performance. I'm obsessed with her character. I think she is so good. It It is... Uh... Like I, I remember when 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 this was coming out, and I one of my favorite favorite arguments to get into with Ian was the 1917 parasite debate, and we were on opposite ends of the spectrum there, which I I honestly I fucking loved. Um, yeah. But um, I, I this was I, I the fact that um, Song Kang Ho, and um, and I want to get her name right here. Um, is it is it Park So Dam? Yeah, Jessica. Um. Didn't get weren't nominated. It, it, I mean, I know that, Absurd. and I know that. I know the parasite. Like it, the win was huge. Bong's win was huge, right? Like all of that. Like that's great. But there was still this like how how. And I know that how? that like um. And I uh, I'm not gonna remember her name, but the sweet old lady from Minari would win supporting actress. Um, I think the next year. I think. Um, yeah. Yes. But like totally deserved. I you, loved her in that. You are totally She's right. Great. Jessica great. in this great. movie is phenomenal. And I think that's what makes it so tragic about the end when she gets stabbed. Absolutely. God, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about Jessica. (laughs) They're they're fucked without her. The... The the and I I mean this is and that's I think and when I say I think this is a perfect movie I think what what I mean by that is after watching it again because because uh, Melissa's seen this with me every other time I've watched it except for except for this last time and um so I went upstairs she goes what I said I just in case you were wondering Parasite is still as good as it's always been and she goes and she kind of laughs she goes so what do you what do you mean by that specifically and I was like I there are no holes in this movie like I I I think that and that's what's so great and anything that that you might wonder at some point well what is is that going to build to something it I, it totally does i i everything is is great the other moment it's it's and it's what builds to at the birthday moment is when um when they're talking about song kang ho's smell and he's oh under my, and he's it's and devastating he's, he's under the table and he can't do anything about it and they they finally get out and and then and what's what's what is so interesting is the next day where it's the party, it's the most that we've hated that mom, uh, the 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 park mom. It's the most that she becomes one of those, and I don't like a, a real housewife kind of kind of mom. It's just like she's, and then when she she's got her feet up on the thing and she starts to cover her nose, and he and it's like you can see it. It's and it's building, it's building, it's building, and so after uh, the man in the basement. And and the, the the fancy husband pushes him over, and it's the smell. It's one of those moments where 
I, I've never been more like conflicted because obviously, don't don't kill somebody. Don't kill but yeah. but right. But like I, it's it's such a, it's such a great conflicting moment where it happens and you don't cheer, but you're like, I get it, I yes. get it, right, hundred percent. And it's, and and I will say I think why I, I and I love the ending. I love the ending. It's perfect. Oh, it's fantastic. And it's great because what it what it, it it's because i'm on the record too uh melissa does not like a movie that doesn't wrap up she needs she needs things wrapped up and so what i love about this movie is that it it gives you that if that's what you want and if that's not what you think happens then it's not and i that's what's i think that's that's the brilliance of the ending is do, you can either believe that this son is going to accomplish those things or you cannot and i think it because we get the ending without getting it, that's what like that's great. If you believe that moment of the reconciliation in the backyard, great. And if you know it hasn't happened yet, great. Or if you don't think it's gonna happen at all, that's awesome too. And that fact that it's totally up to us is it's fucking genius. Brilliant. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. Um I am I am hardcore in the uh in the realism where I don't think it's possible for that to happen, but I like that he thinks he can try that. Um but if any movie proved to us that no one can do that, it's Parasite. Um and, <laughs> but that's the brilliance of Parasite. I, I like I feel like this film just showed us how how do I say this without sounding just like a an idiot? He is using themes that he has used through all of his films, but they are so good in this that it's almost as if they're not there. It's so subtle that it's it's not something that you like we're talking about it now. But in the moment, you don't know it's happening. And it's just God, I love it. God, I love this movie so much. I laughed so hard during this movie at multiple times out loud. I never do that. And it's. God, I I can't I can't love this movie enough. I remember watching the I don't watch the Oscars very often, but I happened to be watching it when this like happened and I was so thrilled the entire evening. I couldn't believe it was happening, but I was like this is the greatest thing I've witnessed in a long time. I'm so happy right now. I I don't know. I don't know if either of you do shit like this, but like so my my best like example of this is at, at the start of every football season I have I have a DVD of the Seahawks winning the Super Bowls and it, it recaps the entire season that they won so it's like it's just like I start off my fo- any football year by watching that and so when it's the day of the Oscars I rewatch I rewatch three clips and one of them is Parasite winning Best Picture because it's just so fucking joyous it's just like amazing. Uh, for the record, uh, one of the other ones is the Moonlight Mishap because I can't not I can't <laughs> not watch it because it's like that's that's just and that's, and that's not even a shit on La La Land. That's just like no, I yeah. can't believe that also yeah. happened. That's just bananas. I mean, it's just an absurd moment. Pretty bad. Um, oh, I I. Uh, there, yeah i love this movie um i feel like there's a shitload i could talk about with this i clearly have the most notes for this movie as well i actually have the least amount of notes for this movie i just i i I had to take notes on on everything i just i just couldn't i couldn't help myself um oh my god watching the movie when uh 
when the mom when uh when the Kim mom so casually kicks the maid down the stairs, oh. I just was like, ha. Ah. Oh, and that's what I was gonna say. There was there was one moment where I was like, there is there's gonna be one thing that's that isn't isn't explained, and it's why the the maid's downstairs. What what happens? But then, no, then they explained that he he carried her out one night and he buried her. I'm like, oh well, fuck. Okay, well I guess I guess I have no no thing to like say that this movie didn't didn't sum up because it did. It it is just God. It's just for me. It is a perfect film. I do I do think for me this is a perfect film. I will continue to go back to it. I think that it showcases it's it's very um watching the class disparity is mm-hmm. very difficult and it is so it's so nice to to the people who are not living in um in wealth in in ways where they they aren't made to look stupid or or like I think that we have a lot of a lot of movies that show us people who are living uh, below the poverty line in very certain lights and they're very humanized in this movie and you can understand their struggles and understand that are they going about this the right way probably not do they have any other options not really and so yeah, do I think that they should um try to like take all these jobs away from people? No, but they are looking out for themselves and we can get behind them in that regard because they don't have any other options. They can't get themselves out of this hole. They literally can't get out of their basement apartment that at some point is filling with sewage water, you know? It's that oh my god, when they when they finally get out of the house and they are like descending the depths of hell to their apartment and everything is fucking just ruined. That it's, toilet just exploding. It's it's heartbreaking. While she's sitting on it. Yeah, it's, it's devastating. It, and devastating. Then, and then the when they're in the like the big gym or wherever they are that you know the next that night. Yeah, yeah like and, the auditorium. Yeah, and the sounds like, "What's your plan?" And and like and that's like, like there are I I've had low moments as a dad, but never to the point where I'm like you know what the best plan is to not to fucking have one because if you don't have one, then nothing can go wrong. And it's just like, but again, it's like you you absolutely buy where they are at that moment and, and why you would think and believe that because it's like things seem to be as worse as they could possibly get for you. Um, also haven't mentioned like the, the mom was like a silver medalist and, and it goes to show you that it's like, there's a, there's, there's a Chris Rock joke from, I think, I think never scared. I think that that's the standup. And he's talking about how, like um, how, Black people are, oh, what is it? They're rich, but they're not wealthy. That's what it is. It's like, but like, because like, he talks about like Shaq is rich, but like the motherfucker that owns the color blue, that guy is wealthy. And like, there's this idea of like, maybe this family was even okay at one point, but they, it, not enough to be where they are. And just like the, that, 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 the, when that wide shot of them going down the steps is just, and it's pouring, oh, just fucking man. pouring rain. And of course, shit goes downhill and it's just like, God, it's crushing. Just a crushing moment. It's God, just so good. We could, we could easily knock out like I, three hours. I know. Right <laughs> I know. I know. And we should save it because it's in the book, I, yeah, people. Exactly. So we're going to talk about it at some point. Did I want to put it on for next season? Absolutely. But I felt <laughs> like we're already doing this this season. So we should probably wait. But I really would love to do a deep, deep dive about this movie because there is so much to talk about. Yeah. I mean... The the acting in general is just in 
incredible across the board. I cannot get enough from any anybody in this movie. The dad, Park, uh, Mr. Park, is incredible. His voice is just the his voice just commands you. And the moments between him and Mr. Kim in the car are so good. Just how they're both in like the the shooting of it and how they come together in a shot. And God, it's just good. It's just good. It's just a good movie, friends. There's really no other movie. I, I did toy with putting Mother first because I love Mother so much. And Mother is one of my like, I think it's a masterpiece and one of my favorite movies. But in rewatching Parasite, I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Because Parasite is just so good. Yeah, I mean, I've had Parasite at one since before this started, but then when I was realizing some similarities, I was like, all right, let me switch it up to be interesting, but then you can't lie and be interesting. It has to it at least have to be able to justify it and some, taking something perfect out for something that's fantastic but not perfect is just, you know, you have to have integrity even when trying to be a little funny. Well, when I was going to put Mother at the at first, I, I was like, well, this is technically my favorite Bong Joon-ho movie, so I should put that first. And then I rewatched Parasite, and I was like, no, nah, I think Parasite's actually my favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so good. It's, like, for the most part, most movies, like, I watch, and whether I like them or not, I could understand the other side. Like, all right, I get why people like this. I get why people may not like this. This is one of those movies where if people are like, oh, I hate that, like, yeah, I, I, I just think you're bad at watching movies. <laughs> You know, and it's okay to be bad at watching movies. We just probably won't talk to you about them as much because we'll get yeah, sad. And, yeah, and there's no, I don't, there's just very few of those where I'm like, oh, like, all right, yeah, I think this says more about you than the movie. Because, like, some movies you watch, it's like, all right, yeah, I get it. Not for me, and that's fine. Or, you know, well, not for, like, that. this is, you're, you're just not good at it, and that's okay. I mean, I, I do think you both still respect me, even though I love the host as much as I do. And I know how you both feel about it. Whereas if if uh, if I said I hated Parasite, Listen, I think you probably would judge me a little bit. It's de- the, yeah, it's definitely not Dune. Yes. Right. It's not Dune. Like, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, at least I got Dune in the right spot during the David Lynch ranking. Um, the Dune Hall, the, right in the, the Dune, right hole. in the Dune Hall. Um, okay, so uh, let's 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 recap our lists in the order in which we we sort of gave them, okay. and then I've 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 tabulated the votes, I've I've plugged in the numbers, and I have our definitive ranking at the end. Um, Wonderful. So I will go first. Um, my list was uh, at number seven, the host. Number six, mother. Number five, Barking Dogs Never Bite. Number four, Okja. Number three, Memories of Murder. Number two, Snowpiercer. And number one, Parasite. My list is number seven, The Host. Number six, Barking Dogs Never Bite. Now we move into the great movies I love. And then number five, Mother. Number four, Okja. Number three, Memories of Murder. Number two, Snowpiercer. And number one, All right, and my list is number seven, Snowpiercer, number six, Okja, number five, Barking Dogs Never Bite, number four, The Host, number three, Memories of Murder, number two, Mother, and number one, Parasite. 
And so the definitive 1001 by one ranking of Bong Joon-ho's filmography is as follows. Number seven, The Host. Sorry, Britt. Number Sorry, six. Brit. <laughs> Number just six. kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Barking Dogs Never Bite. Number five, Okja. Number four, Mother. Number three, Snowpiercer. Number two, Memories of Murder. And number one, Parasite. I accept. I I, I do too. Uh, but as as I'm looking through this list, uh, Joey and I, other than flipping barking dogs and mother, we <laughs> have the same goddamn list. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and We're I exactly the same. <laughs> um, but like I, the the truth is, is that. This is a really great spectrum of films. Like, even though I'm not the biggest host fan, there's just so much in here. And I really don't think there's too many directors out there pushing what they make as much as Bong, which is which is just great. And, you know, how many different types of movies we have? Monster movies, futuristic science fiction, police procedurals. I mean, just everything. And. They're all hard to pull off, and he doesn't let himself get kind of stuck in one thing. He goes, he makes the movies he wants, he says what he wants to say, and then he makes sure he says other things as well, because he's, you know, he has, he has a voice, and man, he's, he's fantastic. You know, I, I I think here, I think what we're doing, you know, Director Recky's next year, I I don't think we're going to have a last movie this good again. (laughs) Yeah, well, and it makes me, it does make me really curious about this Mickey 17 because, I mean, he's, I mean, I, I, whether he, I don't think he even knew, but like where Parasite lives in a lot of people's minds, it's like, I don't know, I, I don't know how you follow that up. I feel like it's going to be put on an unfair pedestal uh, oh, when it comes will. out. I mean, I'm already a little bit hesitant because Robert Pattinson's in it, but, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, that accept. makes me realize how great it will be. <laughs> of it all i actually don't really have anything against him i just know how i was talking about him in uh, the lighthouse so i had to bring it back it's fucking great i'm just gonna go watch good times now oh i do like good times yeah i do like good times yeah good Um, times is good uh, this the scene in the bathroom fucking gets me every time uh so so that was our definitive bong joon ho ranking um but of course as always we want to know what your ranking is and what your favorite is and and you can tell us how wrong we are on certain choices. I'm sure I will get some other shit. You know, that's that's I'm I'm I I'm want sure it. I'm going to get a lot of shit for liking the host. <laughs> so no, I still think like I'm in the I'm definitely in the the anyways. I, I oh, hundred percent. So. And I've talked to a lot. I've talked to a bunch of people about it since, and nobody really agreed with me. <laughs> well, My right. husband does so. <laughs> After I came came home and told him, like, I was like, yeah, you know, this is what happened on the episode. And he was like, yeah, I don't like the movie, so I can understand. And I was like, God damn it, Neil. (laughs) Um, I'm looking at this list, and I don't don't think there's any shit. I don't think there's any shit to give me. I think I uh, think I knocked it out of the park. (laughs) Oh, did you win this episode, too? Is that what you've decided? Uh, I did. I did. No, I think who I think the co-winners are Mother and Jessica. I think they won the episode. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) Jessica wins everything. Jessica for president, please. Um, 
so you can find us on Instagram and Twitter and, and all those great places. You can listen to us wherever you find podcasts. And and next week, you know, I got to be honest, I, I picked the next film, never seen it. Uh, has anybody seen The Thin Man here? <laughs> I'm going to watch it with my sister this weekend. No. Well, great. So uh, more new, fresh takes from all of us. We're going to travel back to the 1930s. Um, and I'm sure good, bad, or whatever, it'll be a hell of a conversation. But until then, I am Adam. I am Britt. And I am Joey. And we will see you next time for The Thin Man.